Merkel Media. Hey everybody, today is the day, the last day for pre-orders. If you want the new show logo on a t-shirt, you got to go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the store tab and get your pre-order today because after today, they are no longer available and the chances of them being for sale on the website are very slim moving forward for at least six months to a year because we're taking the orders that we get from this pre-sale and we're going to go to the printers and we're going to tell them double the order. We're going to take the excess and we're going to use it for events so we actually have merch at events and not just microphones and saying, hey, you want to talk in a microphone because we don't have merch. We'll have merch now at events, but that means that we won't have merch immediately for sale on the website. So if you've been thinking about, oh, I'll just get it later, later might be really, really later. So if you want that pre-order, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the store tab, get your pre-order, or the link is in the description of this episode. Let's get to the blurry creatures right now. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member. There you can get yourself access to all the membership content, all the ad-free content that are coming out on Tuesdays and the overtime content right there for you as members at theconfessionalspodcast.com slash join. And if you want to EMP-proof your house and your vehicles, check out empshield.com. Use coupon code TONY to knock off 50%. Nope, not 50%, $50 off of every purchase on that website. So you buy three items, you will save $150. Check it out, empshield.com. All right, today we got in-studio guests, legends in the house. We got the Blurry Boys. What's going on, guys? Hey, Tony, it is good to hang out in person. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got Blurry Creatures podcast here in the house. Now, uh, listen, when I moved down here to Tennessee, 
I knew you guys were here. That's right. And, I, and, we, and immediately when we were talking, when I was talking to you guys about how I'm moving to Tennessee, I was like, we got to do something. We got to do something, you know, and we're finally doing it. And I, I was thinking about it because I kind of, part of me felt bad. You know, you guys were driving out here from Nashville area. It's like a three hour drive. And, I, and today I was like, I was feeling bad. And I was just like, no, no, they're two, like they're three hours from me. And we, this needs to be done in person. That's right. It's just better. Yeah. It's just better. I mean, you, you and, and actually you guys said that we're actually creating history right now because this is the first time you two have recorded in the same room I together. Know, right. It's really weird. I don't even want to look in there. <laughs> Good to see you, brother. Should I, yeah, should I get like a, some kind of like a, a computer monitor and make you guys feel like you're looking yeah, at each other? Just put something up between us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just too weird now. No, but I, I, figured, I figured it's a good trade, Tony, since you're going to be at our conference yeah. next month That's in, right. in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, yeah. So we had to do something to break the ice and hang out in person first. Otherwise, yeah. it might just get too weird, you know? Yeah. Which, which weird is good. Yeah, weird is always good in this industry, you know? Yeah. Uh, what I'll say, when I first opened the door, the thing that struck me is, you both are Nephilim. You both are, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, like, like, I was like... Like I, I was like, you guys are both giants. Like, does I mean, I'm not short, but like, I'm not tall like you guys. And I was like, holy cow, we are we are on the larger side. We yeah, have, we have a little bit alpha alpha juice going. There you go. Well, you got the red hair too, so <laughs> yeah, you're fitting the stereotype, man. Uh, well, welcome to welcome to Tennessee. Tony. I appreciate it. How long have you guys been here? I know you guys aren't neither one of you for a decade. Here. A decade. No, yeah. ten years. Yeah. So well, we're we're both Californians originally. Yeah. But we beat everybody else on the curve of Californians coming to Tennessee. We're yeah. way on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll tell you what. I was looking at Tennessee. I think it was probably, uh, probably about five years ago, five, four, four or five years ago. I was podcasting, and I just remember driving in my truck and uh, grinding, hoping that one day I wouldn't have to drive truck for a living anymore. And uh, thinking to myself that I hope that I don't die in Philadelphia because the city was getting worse and worse. And when I was driving down there and stuff, I used to have like these visions in my head. I'm like, what if? For whatever reason, some foreign country decides to nuke us. So what what city would that be that they try to nuke? And like, well, Philadelphia was the first capital of the country. Maybe they would try doing that symbolic symbolically, and that's Liber where the Liberty Bell, Liberty Bell Constitution, all that stuff. And I was like, maybe they. I hope I'm not here when it happens, and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> and I started thinking, like, where would I want to live if I was going to get away from all this? And uh, that's when I first started thinking about like Tennessee and stuff. And I remember mentioning it to Lindsay years ago, and she's like, no. You know, yeah, and then and I didn't hound her about it or anything. It's just over time, the environment we lived in changed a lot for the worse. And the more it changed, the more she was like, "Yeah, Tennessee sounds pretty good." Oh, yeah. You know, oh yeah. So yeah, we a lot of friends probably relocating from California to Tennessee too. So yeah, we get it. I mean, you're not alone. A lot of people just upset, frustrated, and it was it was affordable here. I think it's not. Yeah, when we much. came out here, it was it yeah. was, and it wasn't. I think it was different little different than at least for us it wasn't a for i know for me it was more about community like you know cal you might have the same thing in philly like it, it just felt like it was all compartmentalized it was in southern california and it was like all my neighbors lived in their own bubble there wasn't a really a sense of community yeah. everybody was kind of out for themselves you get that anywhere you get that in in nashville proper now but it just people are friendly and and the values here were a lot of the same values that you know we grew up with in Northern California, and it just I liked I liked how nice everyone was. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have that city feel, but it was a city. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, I mean, when I moved here, I was like, wow, everybody's really nice. I was I was actually driving home yesterday thinking about that and how I think I'm getting used to it already because I don't it doesn't stand out as much to me as it did when I first came here. You know, 
when I first came here, I was like, holy crap, this person just talked to my son and gave him a sticker in the store. Yeah. Like, now, right. <laughs> you know, like I was like, that never happens. In fact, if it happened up in the Pennsylvania area, I would look at him like, why are you looking at my kids? Why yeah. are you talking to my well, kids? Back up, back yeah. up, back up, yeah. up. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Everybody, everybody waves. It's it, like now it becomes common. You're like, okay, why didn't that person wave? What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. from the Northeast? Are they from California? Like, yeah. you should get out of my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like, I mean, I remember just being here and there were like prayers and school staff meetings, like mm. public schools. They're having a prayer meeting before the, they get started and things like that. That just, yeah. People would have like 15 lawsuits two minutes later if they did that in California. So it's still much like 1980 here in Ooh. good old Tennessee. Yeah, look at that, dude. Oh. Just branding. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, well, yeah, we'd love that. That was a good decade. Yeah, it was. It was. In fact, uh, I uh, just uh, this week, they were blaring the, uh, like, uh, like it's an 80s playlist next door in the hair salon. And I was just like in my office, I was like vibing. I was like, yeah. I actually had to put on my headphones, turn on some white noise just so I could focus. Right. <laughs> but uh, anyways, before we get too far into things and stuff, um, this is the first time you guys are on the show. So yeah. uh, I, I, like I said, you guys are from the Blurry Creatures podcast. We got Luke and Nate here. Uh, tell people about the podcast. Tell them about who you guys are, how the podcast come together, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're blurry creatures. We don't really know what we were getting ourselves into when we started the podcast. Um, you know, I I moved to Tennessee in 2011. Started listening to a lot of podcasts because I uh, was remodeling houses. So I came from the band world where there was like eight or nine dudes in a van all day long, and eventually an RV. And you just had people to talk to. You were used to being around a lot of people, and then all of a sudden it was just like I was alone all day, just me and the dog. So podcast became my best friend and bought an old crappy house, had to fix it up. So I was just, you know, doing drywall and painting and ripping out stuff. And you go crazy if you're just in your head monologue going all day. And I'm like, I need something to like distract me because these tasks are just boring. Started listening to uh, podcasts about Bigfoot because it wasn't spooky, but it wasn't like politics or sports. It was just something, it was different. It was like, oh, I can listen to this for hours and hours and hours. Mm. I can get lost in these. And I just loved it. And then more and more. And then around 2000, I think when I started listening to Politis' stuff that I was like, okay, there's something weird here. There's something way more going on. And then I bought my third fixer upper in 2019. I had the logo design, the dot-com, all the social handles. And Luke and I had done an episode on a previous podcast that I was doing with a friend in the band world. It was kind of music related. Um, and I knew that his, him and his brother, Jordan, had a podcast. And we talked a little bit about that on our podcast, my old one. And I was just, and Luke, I had this, I had it ready to go, but I didn't want to do it by myself. I was like, I want to talk about Bigfoot. And I, but I grew up in the church. So I was like, there's this whole paranormal side of Christianity that no one wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, he was tweeting about Bigfoot one day and we had met years before and we weren't, we had a bunch of mutual friends from Northern California where we grew up. So I was like, you know, I asked a couple of musician friends and they were super flaky. I'm like, I don't want to bring a band dude into this. I want, I want to really do this. Yeah. And if I'm going to do this, I need to do this with somebody who like, I like, who understands this, who, you know, gets what podcasting is. It's, it's, it's a marriage, right? So he was tweeting about Bigfoot. And then I literally, I just, I was like, dude, I've got everything ready to go down to the logo, all the domains. Do you want to talk about Bigfoot? Because there's also this, this spiritual connection to all this stuff. And I don't think a lot of people are really getting into this. I think we, we have something there we can explore. And then he just literally wrote me back. 
think within the hour, like, dude, I'm down. I wanted to do a podcast. I'm down. And since then, he's been 110%. And like a lot of creative projects I had in my life, it's not like that. Usually people don't just jump into the deep end and they're with you. So yeah, it's been really cool. I just, it was like a, a brainchild I had in like late two, 2018, 19, and it's just turned into something way bigger than I think we thought it would become. And just bringing in the spiritual aspect and really just not being afraid to talk about the Genesis 6 event and, and then even way more than that, which we've heard on our show. So that's kind of the genesis of, uh, see that? Hey. Of, of blurry creatures. <laughs> Uh, kind of how it started. And then since then, you know, we were just in the basement for a year recording episodes. And then this last summer, we just had a lot of more opportunities, got invited on some shows and then some influencers are sharing our stuff. So it's just kind of turned into something a little bit bigger than we thought, but that's, that's yeah. the oral history of, yeah, it's a good one. First couple <sighs> that's of years. A good story. Yeah. Now from my, from my standpoint, it was, um, it was funny cause that year that Nate reached out, um, my brother and I had, had stopped our podcast um, more or less because ESPN was was trying to do a 360 deal and own everything that, that that my brother was doing. And so we, and I had worked in sports media for like three or four years before that. And so I'd been doing TV and I hated it. And I was, so I'd left like CBS sports where I was working. I didn't want to do sports anymore, but I, I, the only thing I really liked about that and missed was the creative aspect. And so it was funny that year that Nate reached out. Like, like Nate said, we had friends like from the music scene from like early 2000s back in Northern California, like my best friend's band. And, and actually we, people that I know played in Nate's band. And so we, we knew each other and we were like Twitter friends. Hmm. And then we, I forgot we did the podcast with Matt and I totally forgot all about all that. Oh, I actually tell you said that. I didn't even yeah. remember we did that, but, um, yeah, we did. I had written on my, cause I stopped doing new year's resolutions cause they're, they're disappointing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I had these goals, and I'd like I want to do another podcast, and I had this idea for a podcast that I want to do. I still want to do some point, which was one about masculinity and and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like yeah. I had this like I still kind of have a heart for that for like you know men becoming men and and walking in in the way that God's created us to be right. And so I had this idea for, it and then it was one of my goals was I wanted to start a podcast this year again, or just podcast again. Mm-hmm. And Nate reached out, and I was like, I'd always. It was funny because I'd always loved the Bigfoot thing. Like my, to the point where like the Finding Bigfoot show and all those different shows, my family knew about it enough. My mom would like put a Bigfoot something in my stocking every year for like the last like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like, we say this all the time. Like, we just started because we were interested. Like it was never meant to, never we're like, we're going to do this for a job. It was always like, I thought, yeah, maybe my, my folks and my friends will listen and it'll, it'll be fun. I like to learn. Nate likes to learn. We want to learn about this stuff. Yeah. And it just became an organic thing. It's really been amazing in some ways to watch the way that it's taken off. Um, not to toot our own horn or anything, but I think Nate and I would still do it and still ask the guests the same questions and still sit here with you if no one listened, just because I, yeah. I, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. So That's cool. Yeah. So you guys, uh, when you had me on, I think we, I was on there twice, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, the first time <clears throat> I remember you guys saying, uh, let me get this right. I think uh, it was, we ask the guests every every guest the same question. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you? Is, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? What are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, do you guys still do you guys still oh, every show every yeah. show? Unless they've been on a couple times and then we kind of yes, you have any yeah. new thoughts? Every once in a while, we'll be like, do you have any new thoughts on Bigfoot? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I think I think for us, like it has been a it's a journey podcast. Yeah. We, we've kind of gone on this journey from where we thought and what we thought, and Nate, you know, spent the ten thousand hours listening to Bigfoot stuff, and and I had this idea of what I thought, and then we bring on the guests and we talk to these we talk talk to experts about all the things we talk about. Um, and and only, so it's it's evolving, right? Like you think I think yeah. our, our thoughts. I mine have at least well, mine, changed. I think the question is good because it's it's we don't usually bring people on the the podcast to talk about Bigfoot. It's something completely different, and it so it kicks it off. But I always just test, you know, people have thoughts on Bigfoot, and people who've written books about other stuff than Bigfoot, doctors, yeah. you know, important people have thoughts on Bigfoot, and it's just funny because only like I think maybe two or three people at 150 episodes have had no thoughts on Bigfoot. Really, Tim Mackey. Yeah. And the Bible project came on and he's yeah. like, I have, don't really have any thoughts. I've never really thought about yeah. Bigfoot. And they're like, do you live in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest? How have you not thought about Bigfoot? Yeah, you're, you're in Bigfoot country yeah, in Oregon. But, but, but you'd be surprised. That's somebody, listen, that's somebody who had a Bigfoot encounter and doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're but like, why, why do you ask? It's, yeah. it's something that a lot of people have contemplated. And I thought that was, that's what I like, like about it. I don't really care. Like if they have a totally different uh, opinion about what Bigfoot is than I do, it's yeah. just, you have an opinion. That's fascinating. So many people do have a, an opinion about something that supposedly doesn't exist. You know, that's, yeah. that is what's intriguing about it to me is that these people thought about it and they've, they've looked at the evidence, they've scanned through, they've written books about other things and they, it's not an illegitimate talk, topic that they, they're interested. Well, it's and, a, it's a cultural phenomenon too, right? Like, so you, we can talk to someone about the most niche thing, whether it be, you know, we talk about Dogman or these things are, that aren't like the mainstream. There's not thousands of people and thousands and thousands of people a year that have a, a dog man encounter. Maybe they do and they don't talk about it. But Bigfoot, it's become a, a cultural phenomenon. So I, I think that Nate makes a good point that most people have thought about it. Yeah. Right? Except for Tim Mackey. Sorry, Tim. But <laughs> most people have thought about it. And yeah. And it's an interesting to talk to somebody who's, you know, spent the 10,000 hours on something very niche and different, whether it be like, you know, Gen 6 or ufology or something, to be like, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Yeah. Then? You yeah. know, and they're like, well, I don't. <clears throat> I have thought about it actually, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Walmart of cryptids, you know, it's just like everyone has right? everyone knows a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh it's funny because I think it depends on where you're at too regionally. It surprises me he's from the north north uh, Pacific yeah. Northwest and he doesn't have an opinion on it, but I know like in Pennsylvania when I first came out and told like my coworkers that I'm going to start a podcast, like what's going to be about? I'm like talking about bigfoot monsters ghosts they're like bigfoot yeah and they're and i i, I like <laughs> i was like I, they, I they clowned me so much and i was just like you you watch suckers you watch yeah, right? you watch just keep watching <laughs> oh i'm gonna remember every name and uh I, i'll tell you guys a story i um i when when i first uh started making some money podcasting um i was like i think it was in october or no it was september of uh 20 i want to say 19 or 20 i think it was 2020 maybe 2019 i don't remember 2019 it was i don't remember it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> roughly uh i uh lindsay advised against this hard but i i just went and did it anyways because i i, I just had to i just had to and so i didn't tell my wife and uh <laughs> she 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 did she advised me not to spend our money this way but i did anyways i uh had a billboard made 
and I stationed it right on the on-ramp to the highway where all our trucks in the morning had to get on to go to Philadelphia and other places. <laughs> and so I had uh, a picture, and a lot of people have seen the picture before. It's a dog man, alien, me, the, the Bigfoot, and the ghost. And I'm, you know, it's in the, the dark room. Uh, that was a billboard, and it just said the Confessionals podcast on it. And uh, I, uh, I put it up there, and I had it up on a billboard for a month. And with the guys were like, I saw you on a billboard. Is it really going that good for you? And I'm like, no, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I just spent all the money I ever made podcasting, but <laughs> that's amazing. Like, dude, Tony keeps receipts. That's a good, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, and, and they're like, did, did that help you? I'm like, oh yeah, it helped me tons. I don't, I, it, helped, it didn't help me at all. In fact, I think, I think one person emailed saying they saw my billboard and started listening, you know, but I was like, I didn't do it for that. I did it for you suckers. You know what I mean? But I was like, I think I even said, I was like, yeah, the media agency I'm with right now, I thought it'd be a good idea. They put it up. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's, that's funny. I love it. Yeah. So ballsy. Makes me think like, I love you, man, where, where he takes all that that loan, the personal loan and he makes all the, all the billboards of him as a real estate agent. Remember, He's like a, he's like a James Bond and he's a cowboy. And it's like, Tony, I, we might have to do that for Tony here. I have uh, I have another idea. Um, I, actually, I'll tell you guys afterwards because it might. I'll just t- you might no, actually do it. <laughs> no, I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely doing it, but it, it would ruin the vibe that I'm going for if I say I'm doing it publicly. I'll okay. tell you afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. That, so I mean, it's it's cool how hearing how like these kind of things start out for people. Uh, I mean, people know my story. I think for the most part, um, you know, and it, it's just everybody has their own story, and you know what the thing is. This is what I think separates you guys and me from a lot of other people is that we just kept going. You know, yeah. I think that I, I've seen there's a guy uh, who started a podcast. I think it was like the same day as me. And we were both growing significantly together and we had a friendship, you know. And then uh, some life things happened where, you know, work got tough or something. He just dropped off. And I mean, it wasn't like work was easy for me either. You know, like, I mean, I was doing 12, 14 hours a day driving a tractor trailer and then I would go home and work till two, three o'clock in the morning on podcast stuff, get up the next morning and do it all over again. And it was just like, it's just pushing through. And I think that's whether it's podcasting or anything else. I think people who start an endeavor, uh, you like when you start out, you have to know it's not going to be pretty and there's going to be bumps. And if you just, if you expect the bumps and you push through that, I mean, you're going to, every bump you get, then you go through, go through it. You're going to keep going further and further. And that's, the, that's going to be the separating factor from everybody else. Cause so many people quit so fast. I remember, um, when I first started my podcast, my one friend from college, Phil had his own podcast. And, um, and I looked at him as like the veteran podcaster, you know, and I was like, you know, I got any advice. And he's like, if you can get through your first eight weeks of episodes, you're fine. And so I was like, that, that was my benchmark at first. When I first started, I was like, if I can do eight weeks of episodes straight, I'm on to something. Mm. And then I did the eight weeks. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can do that again. Did 16 weeks. Let me see what I did. And I just kept on do- going and going. Hit episode 100. And I was like, ah, wow. You know, like, yeah. so it's just, um, it, it's just sitting, hitting those benchmarks and taking the, the punches and hits when they come. I mean, even like the logistics of things and trying to figure out how to podcast. I mean, you guys know as well as I do. Uh, every once in a while you put out an episode and people hate you for it mm-hmm. and, and you, and you get the emails and that in itself is enough to make some people quit, yep. you know? Cause I mean, it, like we don't sign up for that stuff. Like, like we, we, technically we do, but like, um, 
nobody, we, nobody, none of us were trained to handle that kind of public scrutiny. Like these are complete strangers having an opinion on my life and how I yeah. think about things. And I'm like, and, you're, and it takes some time to get used to it. It's like, what? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of things to maneuver through the whole podcasting realm and stuff, but uh, it's cool to see you guys have come so far. Um, when we, when we first met, I mean, it was pretty early on, Yeah, I think. And it's just, um, I think I told you guys in the first conversation, but I also, I've told several people after that, I, when I've been talking to other people, I tell them what, about you guys. And I'm like, those guys, one day they're gonna be bigger than my show, hands down. And I, I believe that. And you guys have grown significantly. And it's, it's because you guys have the, um, intelligence the ability to do it with technology and stuff. And the way you guys go about it is very open. And that is what the audience wants. That's, I, I think that's what I do with my show. Like yeah. I just talk to people, let them share their thoughts, their opinions, their experiences, and just see where the conversation goes. Right. And, and if, you, if you get kind of boxed in with trying to steer somebody into the, your way of thinking all the time, you're going to alienate a lot of people, mm. you know? Mm. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously like coming from the band world, being in a, in a band, I think a lot of people, the hardest thing they ever do is start something creative. And it's just, it's a lot of that, like a lot of reviews, a lot of negative stuff, trying to get it, get along with people. And being in a band was <laughs> like 10 times harder than podcasting. I felt like, mm -hmm. so it was like, I, I had this just crazy mountain that we, that I did in my twenties. So podcasting is just, you know, you're making content all day long, every day. But it's like, you're not in a van driving somewhere. Right. You're not getting in fights. Mm -hmm. You're not getting stiff for money. You know, you're not getting like crappy pizza seven nights a week <laughs> and stuff like that. Making your own crappy pizza right, at exactly. home. <laughs> but as you know, it's just, you know, it, I think it's like you go through hell, you know, you have a little bit of a break. I think starting a podcast with millions of podcasts is hard, but starting a band with millions of other bands is, is hard too. And I'm thankful for those years because they were, they were a grind, man. They were like, it's like driving a truck basically. For way less money and no benefits mm. so um and with five of your friends that you love and hate you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and then it's just you know you're playing for five people right so yeah. nights you're playing for five freaking people and you just give it your all right mm -hmm. and so when you start a podcast you just you think five people are gonna listen to this but i'm gonna give it my all i'm just gonna give it 100 percent. and you just you can't can't be your own worst enemy you can't you know beat yourself up mentally and you just have to think you know at some point I think this is interesting. I'm the biggest fan. And I think Luke and I are the biggest fans of Blurry Creatures and you have to be. Yeah. And so every t-shirt that comes across, every sticker that's made, every episode that goes out, like nobody cares more than you. And if the moment you stop caring is the moment I think your show goes downhill. If you don't, yeah. you're not, if you're not your number one fan. So we just, I think yeah. you made a good point too, Donnie, like um, from any kind of, any kind of standpoint, entrepreneurial or not, like entrepreneurial show, podcast, whatever it is, I, it, I think most people fail because they give up. Mm -hmm. Like, I think first and foremost, you have to have a good, good, a good idea, like an original idea too, like this, yeah. that's different, right? And when you have that, I, I think most people just don't want to push through the wall. Um, whether you are, you know, starting a business, starting a, a podcast, starting a band, starting something, like it is always a grind. Like, and I think we live in a time when everybody wants instant gratification and they, and they want it now and we want to have a huge podcast now or want to have mm -hmm. a, a, a thriving business now. And you know, we are so fortunate to live in a, in a place where you, there is that opportunity where if you work hard enough and you, and you push hard enough and you do push through and you, like Nate said, you care enough about your craft that, you know, it, you can do it. And it's not, there's no guarantee in that either, but 
you know, I think what, you know, I, credit to you, man, you've been a great friend to us. And we were, you know, when we were just starting out doing and doing nothing and, and you have a big show and a big following and you, you've been like a, like a brother to us. So thank you for that. Number yeah. one. And then just thanks for the kind words, man. And we, I think Nate and I are continually blown away. Like we, like I said, at the very beginning, we, I think we would do this even if no one listened because we want to learn mm. because we, one of the things that we, we look at is, is Christians and, and being, and being Christian men is that, you know, and Nate makes a great analogy. It's like the, like the, the paranormal world doesn't talk about the church or talk about Christianity or, or, or contextually talk about things in, in that way. And then the church doesn't address it. Mm-mm. So you have this space where if this is your, this, this is what happens on your show. You have these people that have these experiences, right? There's a yeah. lot of people that have weird experiences, whether it be like some kind of supernatural thing with a ghost or you name it, there's a gamut of it, but there isn't a place or at least doesn't feel like there's a typically 99% of the time, there isn't a place for that to live. Um, Sunday morning and Sunday morning. Right. And so how do you, how, how do you put that inside your worldview? If, if you're essentially subliminally being told there isn't space for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. but the reality is that, man, there's space for it. Like the Bible so, and, and our faith is big enough for yeah, all of that. Yeah. I, and, and that's the thing, like there needs to be space for it because I think that, uh, what we deal with in our, in our podcast is like, it's a huge part of the the your 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 existence as a human being. Uh, we are spiritual beings. We live in a spiritual world, but we, I think that the church. I don't know what happened, but uh, it it does not view it does not view uh, anything uh, with the Bible in a supernatural lens. You can look. You can. I don't know if they just gloss over the Old Testament and everything that happens in there, but. Um, I had a conversation with a pastor uh, before I left Pennsylvania and I told him, I, you know, we were talking about what I do for a living and stuff. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, uh, I, I do this. And I think that the, over the years, the church has really dropped the ball on uh, reaching people in these kind of communities. I mean, like these people that are witches and people who dabble in other spiritual uh, uh, practices and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think I told him, I said, I think the church has really dropped the ball on those people and almost resist them out of fear or something like that. Because I think that um, if, if the leadership of churches don't recognize how much of a supernatural world we live in, when they come across people who pursue the supernatural, but not through uh, a biblical world lens, they're scared of those type of people. And I told him all this stuff and his response to me was, well, we just don't know how to reach them. I'm like, I mean, you don't know how to reach them. Like they're human beings. Just talk to them. What do you think? I Do you think I went to school for this? Like yeah, I, right. I, I turned on a microphone and just started talking to people, right. you know, and, and it's all it is. And so I, I, I I'm going to calm down. Well, I'm starting to get grumpy. But this is why the new, the new age movement stuff is exploding, right? Yeah. Is that people have this yearning inside them. They know that there is a supernatural space and you, and you can encounter it and albeit in a, like in a JV, like, you know, um, in the wrong way, obviously new, new age speaking, but it's like in a, in a piddly way. Right. But, mm. but they, the people be us being spiritual beings hunger for the supernatural and the church isn't providing that, and it, which is ironic. You've got a couple of Mike Heiser books here on the shelf behind yeah. us. Right. <laughs> and, and all Mike has really done and, you know, prayers up to, to Mike Heiser right now, but, you know, cause he's, his health is struggling. And, um, but all he really did was say, Hey, listen, the people that wrote the Bible, they had a, supernatural worldview they, they didn't divorce the physical from the supernatural in fact the people that wrote the old testament 
there wasn't a separate there wasn't a separation this supernatural world was real they it interacted with the physical wor- world and yet we're post you know where we live now in the 21st century we're post enlightenment we're in the empirical era, era and the vast majority and this is not a, a slight of the church at all but the va- the vast majority of churches are, are pretty pretty much inoculated themselves against the supernatural they, there's they, mm-hmm. the god doesn't speak anymore and god doesn't heal anymore and yeah. god and it's like we create all these safety nets for for God not coming through or God not doing supernatural things, and yet it still happens. All you do is get out of the first world to realize how real and how amazing, how powerful the God we serve is, and the things he, that He is doing and healing and yeah, like raising people from the dead. All that stuff happens outside yeah. of here yeah. in, in the first world. Really? But but you know we're insulated in this space where we've got four hundred one ks and a safety net for everything and. You know, I'll pray for this, but if God doesn't come through, it's all right because I have this plan, right? That's how we. I got the plan B and C. Well, exactly. I, think, I think also the church is very much like politics, right? It's 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 gloss over the surface, make it look presentable, yeah. and then behind the closed doors, everyone's actually having real conversations and real life is happening. And I think the beauty of a podcast is is like you, we're not all of us are not afraid of being canceled because, like, no. you know, I said this once on a show is like, you know, at church. You, you're sort of massaging the message. You can't speak the truth. And if you speak the truth, people will leave. But on podcasts, it's the exact opposite. If you don't speak the truth, no one's going to listen. So podcasters are sort of thrown like, get weird, get as raw as possible. Because if you don't, you're not going to separate yourself from anybody else out there. So it's the church is afraid to get raw and real for whatever reason. And I think it's because it's, it's kind of adopted the, the, the political stuff and how they, they see the world. But even with my kids today, I was at my kid's birthday party and one of the the volunteers there is also works at my kid's school is talking about how my kid's always pushing back on the evolution stuff in, in class. And she's like, my kid, you know, he's a dinosaur kid. He knows all about dinosaurs. I'm like, my kid too. But the brainwashing starts really young in this culture. And so when you get to a certain age, you don't realize how much you've been influenced by all these systems, all these paradigms. And then you try to read the Bible and it doesn't make any sense to you. So yeah, yeah. you do gloss over the Old Testament because it doesn't make any sense if you grow up hearing evolution and all this other you know, this, this paradigm that we, you know, billions of years and all this other stuff. And, and, you know, you get to a certain age and it's like, well, the Bible's just, yeah, I can't because you just didn't grow up and, and, and ask those hard questions and have somebody lead you through. Okay. Well, this is exactly what ancient history probably more was, you know, and then we got into the giants a lot on our show, which is just like where blurry creatures has lived a lot. Mm -hmm. And some people hate that, but we use the giants to kind of make sense of all the modern day cryptids. Like, they were corrupting everything in the old in the Old Testament. It sounds like a you know a movie, but B- Bigfoot creatures, werewolf creatures, chimerical creatures. Um, you had actual giants. So we start there, and we kind of give people who've had paranormal experiences more maybe more answers. Because I think it is fun and entertaining to listen to a paranormal story. But some people just after a while, if they're like me, I just like what the heck is going on? Like yeah. how are all these experiences happening to people? And then the theologians were coming on shows. I was like, oh, wait, you know, this is, this unlocks a lot of stuff I've heard my whole life. So that's when I did a 180 from where I was going spiritually. And the podcast has really saved me, I would say, from a lot of bad ideas and a lot of bad thoughts. But it starts young in our culture. And then there's a mind virus. You can't, you can't deviate because then you have to like, your whole system falls apart, right? Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone thinks you're crazy. I mean, I could just see the in the conversation today. Like she's like, my kid's been brainwashed. I'm like, no, no, it's the opposite. 
she, she, she was telling you that to your face? Well, she said it's okay to, to, to disagree, but I could tell like my kid's pushing back on all the, yeah. all the narratives. And that's not, it's a Montessori school, so it's open-minded, but, but it's still. And, it's and this, that's crazy because I, I, I think ideas should be pushed back on, you know? Like that's so why well, they free speech it. is so important. Yeah, yeah. If I, if they've been they've been taking that away. Well, they for call a while it religious. Now. Oh, that's really that's a religious idea. No, the flood isn't religious. It's science. The flood is science. Mm. Like he found some fossilized, you know, shells in the back of literally in the playground in, in the back of the school, and my my and he brings them in school, and he goes, "See, this is why the flood happened," and he gives them to his teacher. I'm like, that's my, <laughs> that's my kid. That's my kid. Yeah. He's and then she's like, "What flood?" And he's like, "God's flood." And she's, like, like, and she's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, right. You might be one of those Christians. <laughs> see, I'm, but they're, has, they're asking all these questions at a young age. What dimension does God live in? I mean, I've got mm. some crazy questions this year on the way to school with my kids, and I love it. You know, yeah. They're six and eight asking about what dimension does God live in. Wow. We can't do that as grown-ass people, yeah. right? Like, we do that in church. People go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Where's that at in the Bible? Oh man, yeah, man. Sorry. I mean, I mean you, <laughs> no, it's fun. You, you, we got we got to have a free marketplace of ideas. Like as the uh, one of the great philosophers of the 21st century, the Macho Man Randy Savage said, "Is the cream rises to the top, right?" And speaking of 80s, dude, speaking of 80s, but the cream rises to the top. You know, <laughs> but listen, like that's that's the idea is that we are we need to have dialogue. Um, you know, we talk about our show and we're just looking for better answers. A lot, a lot of the questions that we ask, and I think Tony, you do the same thing a lot on your show is that there aren't like definite answers for a lot of these questions. And so you're yeah, just what looking for better answers. Like how, do, yeah. how, how can we answer this question better? What is Bigfoot? Like, what are these things? What are these experiences people have? I and mean, what are the, what are these UFO things that, that, that people are, are seeing now, especially with every phone having a camera, everybody's mm-hmm. catching something in the sky. And I think it's fascinating in some ways the way our, we have culturally Move. We were talking to a friend of mine uh, on a, on a recording, um, Zach Bell, veteran with the sign, and he was talking about his. He had a UFO experience in Afghanistan. He was he, he. What was impressed upon him when he was out in the middle of nowhere, Afghanistan, was that there was no light pollution and and no noise Sound. pollution out yeah. there, right? So he said mm-hmm. the the sky is immense and it's bright, and he's like, you can when the moon is out, it's almost like daylight, and you. I think we forget that like for thousands of years, like our nighttime entertainment was looking at the sky and seeing, and you know, people, yeah. this is why we look at these, you, if you watch Graham Hancock's latest episode about all the temples that are pointed toward, toward Sirius and they all move over there. Well, at night people just were just tracking what was going on in the sky and we, we don't spend time doing that. And yet the frequency to which we are seeing these phenomena now seems to be on the, on the escalation. And, and it's like, I don't know. Everything's a circle, right? It's like we're coming back to like being interested in what's the sky again, what's in the sky again. But here we are, you know, in, in, in where we live, and it's like there is no night sky in yeah, I mean, Nashville. No, I <laughs> imagine. Or you can see a UFO and just think it's something else, like some drone or, or a satellite plane, yeah. or a plane. And there's, there's so, that's another thing is with the technology we have today and stuff. It's so easy to explain away as something mm-hmm. uh and, and and there are explanations like uh, my, my friend derek uh he's a listener of the show he texted me just the other day uh a video that his kid took outside their house in new york and it was this line of lights going through the sky and he's like what do you think about this and i said honestly i think it's starlink starlink and yeah. he's like 
thank you for giving me the scientific answer or something like that or the non-paranormal answer. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, like yeah, I'll text Tony well, and then I'll get the, got, yeah. you pro- If you're like us, and, you probably got 50 links to it and you're like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's not. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, I always like, and the hardest thing for me is when I get, uh, I mean, I get DMs from people all the time and it's like, whatever, you know, but like when it's somebody that I know and I like and they send me something, I'm just like, Oh, that's really explainable and he's really excited I don't want to let him down <laughs> you're like sorry bro because I'm Mr. Paranormal guy yeah. so he's like oh my bro's gonna love this he's and like, it's like, like actually, I to say to Tony. Yeah. actually that's not a Bigfoot that's a bush I'm yeah. sorry you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah so, I know but uh, it, it's it's um it's it's a wild journey doing this stuff uh, now it's AI photos all yeah, the fake oh, AI yeah. photos coming at you so alright <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up so I have uh, an account with one of these AI generators and stuff because I started using them for the show. Um, and I, I, I was like, I, I woke up thinking about this one day. I was like, and I'm not going to do this. Um, but nobody's going to believe me now that I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I woke up thinking to myself, how, how, how realistic is this stuff? Could I make something on this AI art and then put it out there as a listener sent me this to see if, you know, if I wanted to lie to people, right? And so I, I went on there and, you know, there's certain things with the AI art you can't, it, it still has a hard time with. It has a hard time with hands, feet. Um, so I was like, let me see if I can make something that looks really old, like an old picture, like Admiral Byrd took down at, at, yeah, at Antarctica, right? All over Earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 cre- I spent <laughs> way too much time going back and forth on this generator to get it right. But um, I created a, a pyramid covered in snow down in Antarctica on uh, an old, I forget what camera I used, but like an old camera. And it looked, it looked like it, it like real. And I was like, holy crap. And I, I showed, I showed it to my, my wife and she's like, did you make that with AI? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She knows you too well. Yeah. <laughs> that we did for the last six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you put those out on the internet? Because Mm-mm. we've got those. She said, she said that somebody else had already somebody, done that. Yeah. Like so, yeah. And, so, yeah. <laughs> some guy got a fight with me the other day because I, I, I posted on something like that. Those are fake. There's been a several rounds of those. There's like three or four groups of them that I've seen on every Facebook group and I've seen all over the yeah. place. And uh, there's one, like a bunch of AI photos in like the jungles of Peru or something. And it's, it's, it's clearly just a bunch of weird stuff. Kind of looks good, doesn't look good. But we're in a weird time where AI can generate stuff that actually people believe. Well, it's like that Morgan Freeman video where it, you've seen the deep fake thing where they, they, it's this white guy talking and they, yeah. and they make him... It's a weird time yep. to be alive right now. And, and, and it's it, even better than what's his name? Well, uh, Frank Caliendo when he does his, his Morgan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's well, a weird time for a lot of people who have spent their life learning the craft and how to make these things. And then all of a sudden a computer can do it better than you can. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, so, you know, for blurry creatures, I mean, we, we just live in that space a lot and we bring a lot of people that are on the fringe of Christianity on the show. And I think that's really what separates us we didn't really want to become a like a cryptid podcast and just we want to talk about the just like more of the blurry why is it why is there no focus on in the church on these ideas that's why it's blurry right i mean obviously it's the quintessential blurry picture of bigfoot Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but just these subjects are not able to just given a clear shot you know a clear lens and what are they you know but there are you know the the occasional author like Dr. Michael Heiser who will have a hit selling book because he's, let's talk about it. But I, but I think what people have to understand is like ancient people didn't look at it the way that modern people look at it from both sides of the camp. They either believed in the gods or God. Mm. And there was this clash. There wasn't this like middle space of 
apathy, unbelief. I don't believe in gods. Like, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa what? Whoa, yeah. Freak. Yeah. Like, of course there's gods. It's just, is there one or is there many? Right. You know? yeah. yeah. They were building this stuff as, you know, effigies to these, to these gods and yeah. they were getting something from it. You know, you, we bring a lot of guys on who talk about the megaliths, right? These ancient buildings, these pre-flood dynasties. And clearly they were getting something from what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They were building these things. It took 20, 30 years and they're perfect. And there's just weird stuff carved well, in them. Yeah, you've had Derek Olson on the show. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, the stuff he talks about, all the precision, the technology, even if, if you want to like break your head on, in your mind on something, just start looking at the mathematics on the pyramids and, and be like, how in the world mm. did they, did they line these up and precision? It's, it's insane. It's insanity. And, and like, people will say, the other side is like, well, you know, people default to aliens and all this stuff. Well, it, or, man could do this. Sure. But, to the precision that the ancients that them in, they had they had to have something that we don't know they had because we can't recreate it now. So yeah. there there's that paradigm that I think needs to be addressed and just isn't. It's too easy to be like or why they made why? a ramp and they just brought all these these hundred ton pre- precision cut pieces of of rose granite up up this ramp. Or if it's more than ten degrees, guess what? You can't haul it up there. So let's talk about how that happened. Yeah, um, but it's always the how, never the why either. Like why. Yeah, why, why would is you all, build yeah. something that took one block every two minutes for 20 years, a two-ton block, you know, something that you couldn't get enough human beings around to lift it anyways? Why? Why would they build this stuff? It's always the how, you know, and we're, we're very so, much a how society. And that's always the videos, how, how, how. I'm like, mm. I'm more into the why, mm. you know, why would they build it? And why would they build them all over the world? Yeah. And, and that's the, that's what, that's, I think that's the vein we like to live in. And they're just, they're crazy things, man. You talk about the pyramids, you can, you could spend a lifetime trying to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. if you've seen the videos like from, um, from Central America and Mexico where they can, they can sit at the bottom and you can clap and it comes back sound like a bird or these pyramids in, in Central and South America and even in Mexico can, will have weather that's created like because of the position. It's just crazy stuff where you're like, this is so purposeful and it, you know, the idea that it's just a tomb. There's the answer. You know, there is a, uh, you know, yeah. Khufu built this as a tomb. And you're yeah. like, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I just realized that that camera is not recording me. So, um, okay. A lot, well, of, <laughs> lot of Luke and Nate. I, 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 I desperately <laughs> need my brother here in studio working things because I have too good. much going on. Like I'm, I'm, you could just get AI to make it, right? Yeah, let's get Tony. <laughs> I looks should. mostly like Tony. It, there's something little off, but... <laughs> Okay, it's a little blurry. All you have to do is just film like 10 seconds and say, AI, follow my mouth, make it look like I'm there. Right? It probably is possible. We don't right? even need you anymore. You're just, yeah. you can replace yourself. Dude, we'll give you some hair, like a mullet or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fake. <laughs> you know, it Very crazy. 80s. So I, I shaved my beard off uh, like two weeks ago. No, I saw you post that, dude. I, and now you're bringing it back. Well, yeah. I mean, I shave it off a lot. Back, I, I, back to the beard. Yeah. I, I usually shave it like once a year, once every year and a half. Uh, it Why not go a, mustache, man? Let's, let's let's be all in. Sometimes it just needs a reset, and um, I, I I don't post about it though, right? And so I posted about it, and I was stunned by the amount of dudes on there, mad, full grown <laughs> men, mad Why that I shaved my that? beard. Why would you do that? And I'm like, bro, it grows back, yeah, and I do it all the time. <laughs> like I, I'm like. There's something weird about you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you might have a conversation well, with your wife. Soon. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about this space is there's a lot of weird people in it, right? Like, yeah. you know, 
Bigfoot attracts a lot of weird types of people. And I think that was the nice thing that, you know, Luke and I had lives before all this, you know, he different, you know, some successes in different areas. And it, we didn't, we weren't looking for blurry creatures to like do anything other than we're just, we're passionate about these, these subjects. And I think a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to deal with the weirdness that comes at you from your fans. If you've never dealt or experienced with that. Mm. And I'm luckily my band didn't have like crazy fans. We toured with some bands that did. So I like watched what they had to deal with on a daily basis and, you know, crazy stuff, you know? So I'm glad that, you know, we don't have to deal with some of that, but, but we do have to deal with some weird stuff. And I'm sure you do too. It's just like, you put yourself on the internet and you have your thoughts out there. And that's why I, I just stopped looking at the comments and stuff. <laughs> like I just gotta be, yeah. Like I, I'll look at them, but like, as soon as I see one negative thing, yeah. I bail. Like I'm like, I'm out. Or just delete it. Or I'm out. Whatever. I don't know. I don't delete it. Unless it's being like completely disrespectful to me or my wife or something like that. But like, yeah. I mean, it is, but it's not good for my headspace. So as soon as I see a bad comment, I'm out. See ya. You know, I, I, I got too much going on to be getting all up in my feelings about some about some strangers' comments about how they didn't like me or my podcast yeah. guest or something like that. Yeah. So well, I just, we, live, we live in a time when everybody's a critic. So yeah. And then everybody has a has a uh, a megaphone or at least an, a soapbox, whatever you want to call it. So they they feel like they they need to voice that opinion. Everyone's a yelper, right? Um, yeah. Or everyone thinks that you have to be an expert to put your thoughts out in the world, and it's mm. like I think one thing we 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 say a lot on our shows, like we're not experts. We're well, just a couple of dummies. Yeah. yeah. Just asking questions. And I think, we're, you know, we're, we're able to ask the dumb question, bring Heiser on, ask him some dumb questions. Cause everyone has one. Mm-hmm. You're just not brave enough to ask it yourself. So we'll do it. We'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. We'll ask the dumb question for you. And sometimes we get some good questions in there too, but uh, we don't take ourselves too serious. And I, I think we try to make it fun. Make yeah. some memes, make some dumb videos. It's just memeing. You got you guys are the king of the meme world. <laughs> like that I'm, man, right man. I'm right telling man. you, like, like I, I'm like, man. I wish I knew how to do that crap. Like, uh, and, and like you pump them out. I'm thinking to myself, how the heck do you pump out all that stuff and the podcast? Like, I, I'd spend an entire day just trying to make one of those freaking <laughs> things you make. I'm like, but geez. we just send videos back and forth about like we should meme that. You should meme this. And then <laughs> Nate's the master of voices, like. <laughs> just, well, it's just that's that was that was thank God you know the band world taught me how to do that stuff because we were so broke we had no other way to promote our band so we you had to get good at this kind of stuff so I had all these years of experience how to do it quick how to make funny stuff fast and then get it on MySpace because that was MySpace days dude top seven I right. think I still have a MySpace account somewhere with my music on dude, there what's playing on there <laughs> like three six mafia <laughs> I, I love that post recently where like where, where Elon was like I need, I need someone to be a CEO of Twitter and Tom posts his quintessential MySpace picture right underneath it like, yes. <laughs> but yeah there was a time when like you know Tom was hitting our like because we were on their label and so we were like a MySpace band in the MySpace it was like I didn't know MySpace had a label yeah they had a record label oh okay and so we were on their their label and it was just like, you know, a crash course into social media. But they're constantly telling me, we need more content. We need more videos. This is like pre-YouTube and all that other stuff. I mean, YouTube was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't like what it, it is now. Yeah. 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 So Government paid for operation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was just like you learned how to make content and on the cheap, you know, yeah. videos and stuff. So we were always trying to, I, I loved the bands that didn't take themselves too serious. And I was like, if that's the spirit of the podcast, just come on. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody smarter than you. There's always somebody who's more more of an expert. Yeah, it's just 
some people want to laugh too while they're talking about something about serious. heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, these are, I mean, these are you you tread in this. You talk to people that have wild experiences, and they, and they are traumatic. Yeah, and it's somewhat traumatic for people to engage these thoughts sometimes. I think that's why there's such a there's a mental block for a lot of people to to even even want to delve into this because it it does break your paradigm. It it completely does, and some people would much prefer to be safe. And people that have had experiences, they can't, they don't have that luxury, right? And so mm-hmm. they, it, there's trauma involved. And so we, you talk about a lot of heavy things. And, and when we get into the heavy things that surround these, like even from an academic standpoint, we're talking to doctors and PhDs and these people who wrote books about this stuff. It's, 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 uh, we just don't, yeah, we just don't try to take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. Like it's, um, yeah, because I mean, there's a lot fun. of bad, I mean, there's a lot of darkness in this world, you, a yeah. lot. And, yeah. And I think it's important, like just like the art of war, to understand your enemy. Um, not not to be to obsess or, but to understand what's happening. I think you you cut yourself short if you don't want to know what the darkness is doing, right? Um, because understanding your enemy is how you defeat it. And so I, I think putting a lot of the paranormal and the the unexplained into a paradigm that that's founded in in your faith I, I think is freeing it also is 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 empowering way empowering because all of a sudden the world makes sense it makes a lot of sense it's like whoa yeah that's what that was one of the biggest things for me when i started this podcast and my i started my because like you guys my brain changed so much over the years yeah. you know and as i un- uncover new information or or somebody brings something you know an encounter across the desk and I, i'm listening i'm like wait a second if that's true then that makes this over here a lot more, you know, digestible. And uh, it's just, it's one of those things where um, without, without, um, without this, this constant flow of information uh, with what we do, uh, if, if you're into these topics, it's like, you're, you're almost abandoned. You're, it's like, I don't know how to make sense of all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, with you guys, cause you guys talk to a lot more um, educated type people and stuff. Uh, you know, like Heiser and, and Dr. Laura Sanger and um, yeah, uh, who Tim are, Alberino, Alberino, Doug Van Dorn, yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, uh, you guys get a perspective, like a, a, a much more uh, academic perspective geared towards this stuff, you know. And so, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Um, so now we just sh- shot shot about fifty minutes of just talking back and forth and yeah. stuff. Um, let, let's let's talk about some different topics and stuff. Uh, and I guess what we'll do is we'll start off, Nate, with uh, your encounter here because I've been um, this past year, ever since I came out with Expedition Dogman, uh, we've been having a lot more Dogman stuff on the show, and uh, the, the, it's really presenting a new dynamic to the show. But uh, you have a Dogman encounter. Here we are. Here we <laughs> this are. is your moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny to be on the other end of this. So, you know, I guess I'll tell you the story. I'll try to, Luke's heard this a couple of times, so he's probably tired of hearing it, but um, this is really my only kind of weird thing that happened to me specifically. You know, I grew up in Northern California, the suburbs of, of Sacramento, and probably seven, eight years old, maybe a little younger. But I'm in that, age where you know i'm still young and one thing we hear a lot on our show is you know kids see stuff and they see a lot of weird stuff and i don't know what happens you get to a certain age and you stop seeing things or things stop messing with you or whatever um but this was in the age of like the you know obviously not talking about the 80s but 
a lot of Hollywood gore movies and stuff like that is around. So I had an idea of like what a werewolf would was and what it would look like. And I remember one, it was like a summer night and there was like a sunroom detached from my parents' living room and there was like a glass door and then a few feet and then there was like a screen door and a back door, right? So at night in Northern California, if you grew up on the West Coast, it gets cold. Even in the summer, you can open your windows and, you know, it's just something that happens. You just, your, your house isn't all locked up because it's either, uh, like in the South, it's just too sweaty. You can't, it's just too humid. So anyway, I'm on the couch watching something and it's probably late. I think people are going to bed and it's summertime. And so I'm walking from, you know, the TV room across the house and I walk by the glass door and it's open and I can see into the backyard and there's just this crappy little screen door with the screen on top and the bottom half I can't see because there's like metal sheet metal there how the door is, is designed and as I'm walking I had that feeling that everyone describes on these shows of something's looking at you right and I look to my left and in the window right outside the door that's like standing in the doorway up there's this werewolf face and I did like a triple take, you know, and I'm the youngest of four siblings. So my, my sister's eight years older than me. So I want to be pretty damn sure that I'm, what I'm looking at is what I'm looking at. If I'm about to have a reaction, I wasn't the oldest. I, I couldn't convince my brothers and sisters, you know, like didn't have an imagination, so to speak. Um, you know, you just couldn't get away with lying about stuff like that. Anyway, that's just where my mindset is. So I'm seeing this thing and I did like, I remember I did several takes and finally I just, panic and the fear set in but this thing like i swear it had like from my memory had like red eyes and it just like smiled at me like just like a sinister like grin and it looked just like you would imagine the werewolf to look like it was just had this dog face felt more on the demonic side i don't know i can't place it where it was i mean we're this is this is Carmichael. I grew up riding my bike to the river. So there I'm not completely in the middle of the suburbs. Like we we were about a mile and a half, two miles from the river, right there, the American River. And when I was a kid, we'd ride our bikes down there and we would float down the river, right? Um, we'd go fishing there. And that goes all the way up in the Sierras, right? So um there's a way that it could have followed the river, but <laughs> still the suburbs you know, Sacramento's pretty big. But this thing was, this thing was, it was terrifying. And I didn't, I screamed, I ran, went into my parents' bedrooms, like there's a, there's a werewolf in the, you know, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, story of the three little pigs, right? The werewolf comes and he's going to like, you know, it was kind of in that. Hmm. But I remember there was that movie Silver Bullet that was out, Stephen King movie. And that, I think it was an 80s movie. And there was that one, I think Corey Haim was like, one of the leads, one of those eighties kids. Um, anyway, it was a big movie and I think my brother watched it and he, and that's how it was. My older siblings would watch scary stuff and it freaked me out. And I was too young to be watching that stuff, but I would sneak in and watch a movie with my older. And so my parents just wrote it off. And for years I just thought, Oh, that was, that was just something that I imagined. But I know that I 
experienced some PTSD because I wouldn't look out that window for years. I would just run. I would run from one end of the house to the other and I wouldn't look out there. And, I, and my dad, we had this fireplace and my dad put the wood in the backyard behind a shop. And he'd be like, go get some wood. Mm. And I remember being like, I don't want to go out in the backyard. And he was like, what are you so freaked out about? I'm like, I was freaked out for a long time. And then probably around 12, 13, just stopped thinking about it. Like, nah, I didn't see that. You know, I'd, and then it wasn't until listening to podcasts like this that I was like, oh crap, people are describing exactly what I saw. Mm. And I think if I hadn't have had that PTSD of not looking out that window for years, I would have probably forgot it. But I remember running from, yeah. from the carpet to the hardwood. So I remember running, running for years, just like not wanting to look out. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I saw Dogman or if I saw like the, the, the demonic manifestation of Dogman. And some one thing we've learned on our shows, there's a difference. They're, for some reason, these things can look like that. But there's probably actually a flesh and blood creature that is it too. It's like a skinwalker or something. It's like the hybrid of the two. But it definitely looked exactly like you would imagine it. And it had a just a sinister like grin. Mm-hmm. But it was freaky, man. So I mean, you know, it's one of those things where years later you you look back and you go, I think I saw that. I don't think I imagined that. And I don't I wouldn't have had any reason to. I would, I would pick something probably a little less scary. Yeah. It's the dogman stories are the worst. I think they're the, it's like Bigfoot's kind of, it's almost like get a Harry Henderson's feeling half the time, you know, not always, but it, I don't think anyone has a positive no. <laughs> encounter with this thing. Uh, some people do, but I've heard uh, two or three times, but it, so you were a kid when this happened to you. And it it's, it terrified you. I've heard the only time I've ever heard people having positive experiences is children. So sometimes people, as kids, come across these things, and the reaction that this thing has towards a child is much more gentle, almost like a dog would be. Um, weird, very weird. weird. Yeah, especially if you're thinking like, if if you come from the perspective of these things are are evil, demonic, and as a parent, you're like this thing is going towards kids and, and, and befriending them. Like, what does that even mean? Uh, but I think at least twice on my show, but I think it was three times we've had somebody talk about the gentle side of, of dog man, but it was always, I was a child and this thing like was friends with me. Uh, not as adults though. And I had, uh, <clears throat> I had Martin Groves in studio, uh, earlier this week, actually. And he talked about his dogman encounter and how he and his hunting partner had these things coming on their camp. They're both retired police officers. Now at the time, though, that time they were active is 93 and um, they're running, they jump in the truck when they, when they turn on the lights across the, the way in the field, he said, are two Bigfoot standing there. So there's dogman in their camp and two Bigfoot standing in the field and he said these things were the ugliest things he's ever seen in his life. Like the way he was talking about them uh, didn't strike me as, oh, it's hairy, furry Patty. Right. And, uh, and then he said the smaller one dropped down on all four and then they, they had taken off. But the way he said it and, and, and the way we talked about it on the recording, like I said to him, you know, it's almost like the way he's describing it, 
because we, we we hear people talk about how uh, Bigfoot and Dogman don't get along, this, that, and the other. But what if like it's just our vantage point from the outside looking in that we don't really get the relationship between the two? Because the way he talked about it, here goes my voice. <laughs> I'm trying not to let my voice squeak. I'm, I'm, I'm sucking down lozenges like crazy. But um, the way he described it was, it's it almost sounded like the vibe was they were there almost like observing and orchestrating almost like like it's almost like they showed up together and it's like the Bigfoot just let the let the dogs off the leash and said go and they went because like that same night that they had that encounter there was another camper like a mile away that the next morning was found torn to pieces uh, the guy and, and he had met the guy before he died and the guy was real nice uh, but um, he was and they called it, they called it a bear attack mm-hmm. but uh yeah, it happened in the LBL, which isn't far so, from where so you guys like the, are. So the yeah. grays, the grays let the Bigfoots out, and the Bigfoot, right, the Bigfoot right. let the let the dogman <laughs> off the off the leash. It's like it's like what's that? What's that? Uh, that 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 box thing where it's like the the bigger box is on the outside. Oh, it's like a Russian. It's a Russian, Russian nesting, nesting doll. doll. Yes, yes, like, <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just um, it's a it's a very interesting topic, and so I, and actually, you know what? I think he even talked about it smiling. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think mm. he, I think he recalled it smiling, and that's that's something that I've heard before too. In fact, uh, years ago, episode eighty-five, I believe, uh, there's a guy I called it Lost in the Smokies. He said him and his girlfriend got lost in the Smokies, wild night. They saw something. Uh, it's like a face in the bushes almost, and he said this thing. Um, when it smiled, it's he said the smile went from like ear to ear. Yeah. So I. It, and I think that's part of the reason why I just wrote it off because it felt kind of cartoonish. Mm. And, you know, you're just like, I'm not seeing what I'm saying. Like, it's not possible. I'm having a hallucination. But I don't remember ever having anything like that happen in my life. I've been through some crazy stress and stuff, you know, just on the road and losing sleep and I've never seen anything. Yeah. So this is something that was really different. And, and, and where you were at, it, it wasn't rural, right? You said it was suburbs? Yeah, suburbs, but I mean, we were close to the river. So, I mean, so I've heard these things jumping from roof to roof. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible climbing over fences. And I don't know, we talked to Dark Waters. I know you talked to Dark Waters a lot. And he said, you know, people see them in in cities. Mm -hmm. It's weird, right? But, uh, you know, some of the people we've talked to, they they almost want a classification chart for this thing because there's multiple, you know. And I think the same thing with Sasquatch. You have different types, different abilities, different breeds, different colors. I mean, it's not just Bigfoot, but I mean, that's where you start. And then eventually you're like, man, we need to, we need to chart. We need to like map this out so we can make sense of whatever is going on. Yeah. Right? It looks like that meme with all the strings yeah. attached to all the, all the, all the thumb pants. And the yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> now it's funny though, because you, t- you talked about, it made me think the idea that like, there's some, amicable dog dog men with with kids is, is not unlike sometimes what we hear about with bigfoot right mm-hmm. is there's these stories about bigfoot rescuing kids from drowning or taking it's weird like yeah and I, I don't know i don't i still don't know what to think about any of that except except that like you also have these these native american lore of bigfoot carrying kids off and kidnapping them and it's like is it a kind of like the old i have candy in my van thing i'm gonna be nice to you mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i mean we there's a lot to to try to digest too when you when you start thinking about we talked about this on the show Nate about the 
you know, the whole Pilatus effect and, and, you know, these missing people in national parks and you can overlay these maps with Bigfoot sightings. You can overlay it with, with the caves as the, as yeah. across the, across the United States. And you start wondering like, yeah, you know, are they just buttering people up to take them? Or are they really like, are, are there, are, is there a variance and like, there's somewhat, you know, benevolent and then there's the, the nasties. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't It's almost think like it. the world is more like Narnia than we want to admit. Yeah. So there could be, you don't know how right you are in saying that. So it's like, you know, there, oh my gosh, there could be some, some loyal to the, to Aslan and there could be some mm-hmm. loyal to the white witch. And I think that we're kind of caught in the crossfire. Yeah. And I, yeah. So I, I think uh, it, it's, it's, I don't even care anymore what people think. Uh, but, <laughs> so, but I, I think if we start looking at this stuff in that kind of lenses, it makes you feel weird in the sense that like, oh, I don't want to, that's a fictional book. You don't want to pull that as part of reality. But what if it was based off of reality when they wrote it? Yeah. And that's some information that I'm not going to drop right now, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. You were talking about Tolkien. Well, there's a and, lot of a Tolkien in, in, in parallel to like the book of Enoch, for example, like mm-hmm. that there is these, that some ways he was writing, you know, allegories or, or, or parallels to some of the ancient apocrypha that we see. And I always think this is interesting. I've had this thought a lot lately, Tony, is that I think we get very binary when we think about the spiritual realm or, or even just heaven. We talk about heaven, right? It's like God and angels, right? And, and, and that's, it's, that's what you have. Mm-hmm. But then I look at what we have here on, on earth. And like the the variance in flora and fauna and animals and all that kind of stuff, and I, and I don't and it makes me wonder then about like the what we call the heavenly or the spiritual realm. It, it would be kind of crazy to think that it's super binary and there's just this and it's not like a variance of creatures. And I mean, just all I gotta do is read Revelation. It's easy to to, to look at those things and say this is um, prophetic iconography, right? But what if it isn't all? Like, what? What if we have this vast realm of of variant creatures and 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 things and heavenly things? And I, I don't think that maybe isn't too far off. So, the idea there's this Narnia kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to unpack that except to say that I I think we vastly underestimate the what we call the heavenly realm or the spiritual realm in in the the diversity of stuff, things. And, and, and I, and I think we see that because I think come, things come through. And if we're, you talk about portals a lot, you might even talk about portals at our conference, maybe, but, <laughs> but there's this, there's this crossing over. And, you know, I don't know how much I, it's tough to understand. I don't, I don't know how much lives on this side and how much lives on that side. If we're going to put it in, in sort of those terms, but there's a, there's just a lot of weird stuff that, that I think we can, we can, we can classify as supernatural and, and it isn't, angelic necessarily could right. be hybridized angelic but it's not like what we would understand or how we, we sort of have this under this maybe medieval understanding of that's a great way of, of the it. angelic realm yeah. so i think that's interesting i think it's interesting to think about like middle earth idea right that there's just all this stuff well it, and, and too like the bible probably picks the most important parts to write down there's probably years where nothing happens Right. So when you read it, it's a highlight of the weird a lot, especially in the Old Testament or important moments. Maybe they're not weird to you. Maybe it sounds normal, but they're important moments. So just like the average person has 
one, two, three supernatural encounters in their life. Maybe none, right? Because that's the way life is for the most part. I think God protects us from this stuff. So we don't experience it all day long. The people you interview that do experience it all day long, people who can see, you know, their lives sound not very fun if they can see yeah. all this stuff. And some people say, oh, they're just on drugs or they're crazy or whatever. Not all of them. Some yeah. of them. Some. Not all some. of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the way the Bible was written too, is that like it gives you the important pieces. doesn't explain to you what a Nephilim is for 15 chapters. Yeah. It just talks to you about that and then it goes on. Mm-hmm. I think there's, and I think to that point, there's, because it was written by the, by the ancients to the ancients, there's this requisite understanding that I think is assumed. And yeah. I, we've lost a lot of that like, yeah. because we are 21st century human beings that spend, what, what's your screen time look like? How much time do you spend in looking at your little box in your hand? Right? Like up and, your game, bro. No, but it, it's, <laughs> there's things that, that was, that were understood that I, that I think if we don't go back to look at and try to understand, and, and this is, this is where like a lot of the people on our show, you know, find these places. This is why I think like, like someone like we brought up Heiser sometimes, but Michael Heiser resonates with so many people because all he does is go back and say, what does the original language say? And what did the people that wrote it, what did they believe? And what were their thoughts? And what was their worldview in writing this? Yeah. And I think when you unpack the biblical narrative that way, it's not only is the, is the context incredible and it becomes, I think, like almost 3D in a sense, if we're looking at it in 2D to 3D, but I, I think it, it makes everything else make so much sense. Like, I, and this is, <laughs> this is like a, this is an infomercial for our podcast in, in, in 30 seconds is like, how do we make it all make sense? Well, the Bible what does, it does provide the context. I think, you know, once you, once you open your, open your eyes and your mind to that, I, I it, it makes everything more real for everything from the old Testament to the gospel. It just, it, the gospel doesn't need any help, but the significance of what Christ did contextualized in what happened in the old Testament and what happened in, in Genesis three and what happened in the garden and then what happened in Genesis six and, and what was going on. I think it makes it unfathomably more incredible. And, and, and from that contextual space, I, I think when you start to bring in these encounter stories, like, like Tony, like you have you know, week in and week out, that there's a space for all of this. Now, I, I don't think we have a, a, you know, an animal kingdom. We can't, we can't put it in the Encyclopedia Botanica and decide, you know, but I think there's a better way to understand it than just like, let's write that off because it's weird. Mm. You know, I think the weird stuff matters a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I think it matters a lot, a lot when you look at the biblical narrative too. It's the weird stuff that's yeah. maybe most important. It's like, um, it, it's like uh, we, we live in this uh, engineered culture and way of thinking and the weird stuff just doesn't fit what we've been engineered to live and exist in and uh, i think the more we look into it the more we we uh pursue these topics and understandings and stuff the more the more we're breaking out of that engineered system i'm trying to not say but i'm going to say the matrix we're breaking out of the matrix <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 like this pre-programmed way of living you know like like you you don't do certain things you think this certain way you only there's only two republic or there's only two uh, uh political parties like it's just this very engineered existence that we live in, mm-hmm. and anything outside of that that hasn't isn't been hasn't been um, uh, pre-approved by the engineer uh, is just wacky, weird, and and shouldn't be talked about. But that stuff, it, it really helps make sense with what the world is and why it is the way it is when you start looking into it and try to understand it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, like a lot on our show too. It's like providing the space. To have the conversation because so many people just, you know, 
Christians are so afraid of getting it wrong mm. that they err on the side of not talking about any of it, right? So we get a lot of that on our show. There's like a lot of pushback of like, oh, these guys are bringing on false teachers and all that stuff too. But it's like, look, the church is so afraid to talk about this stuff because they're afraid about getting something wrong, preaching yeah. something that isn't biblical or whatever. And I think that the problem is, is you don't, I agree that there are heretical ideas. You know, I agree that there is a, but the problem is the majority of the problem with the church, like Heiser says, is it has a very deist perspective. God sort of set up the world and then took off. And we're just kind of like Lord of the Flies down here. They don't actually bring in any of the supernatural stuff. They don't believe the Red Sea parted. Mm. They're Christians. They go to church. They don't believe the Red Sea parted. And I think that it's more fun to believe the Red Sea parted, isn't no, it? No, but they, there's, this, like, there's like they, well, yeah. just, they waited across the Sea of Reeds, and it was just like you know, it was it's a metaphor, yeah, or it was metaphorical. Yeah. Or, I, there was this um, ad that was popping up, I think, on YouTube or Instagram for one of these master classes of writing literature yeah. and the guy was like talking like it was about the bible and, and uh, i think he was doing a master class on genesis or something like that and but it was just a pure academic like this is all metaphoric and here's the beautiful nature of the bible like they're like we're gonna dive into the bible it's gonna be so beautiful yeah. because it's all fake and we're just gonna show you how it's fake and i'm yeah. just like come on bro like you can look at <clears throat> so there's 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 so many prophetical things throughout the old testament that it's really hard to get around. And I haven't looked at this information in a while. I used to kind of be able to rattle it off. Um, I think it's, um, I forget what Psalm it is, but David is writing and uh, he's prophesying the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he's writing about his crucifixion. And the problem is crucifixion hasn't been invented yet when they wrote, when he wrote it. Now we don't know when that specific Psalm was uh, written but we do know that the from the time of the oldest psalm mm -hmm. to the time that crucifixion had been invented was i think still like nine i, I think it was like at least a, a max of 90 year period where crucifixion hadn't even existed yet but yeah. i think that i think that is, is more than that i think it's king darius i think it was i think it was i think it was darius who invented um crucifixion and uh for his political enemies i think he crucified over 3000 political enemies mm. but but like when David was writing about it, like that wasn't even in existence yet. So like David's seeing something that is not even possible. Dude, I love that. I love that. And we, we talk about a lot, a lot of those topics on our show. And that makes me think of the story of Joseph when he sold into slavery, right? And he goes to the, he's like the king's guy and he gets put in prison, right? And he's in prison with who? The cupbearer and the baker, which symbolizes the blood and the body, right? And he says in one of his dreams, is he going to be nailed to a tree? Mm. right this is way before and then he says in one of you guys gonna be restored to the right hand of your father mm -hmm. and so you have to have this sort of 4d view of scripture of like wait what's going on here you've right. got you've got dreams being interpreted you've got the symbolism of the blood and the body you've got this guy going down into a jail cell which sounds like tartarus which sounds like mm -hmm. you know where jesus goes when he dies and, and you've got all this stuff going on it's not just a metaphor and this wasn't just crafted by uh, a person or a group of people who had a really good idea for a story. Yeah. Like it is dateable. a real story. This, and th these this is, real characters that actually played out. Yeah. Like, so this is really dateable where, you know, like the Bible, we can date when it was written and it was yes. written over a thousand year period. I think it was more than a thousand year period yeah. from beginning to end. And it, it's like the, so people are writing things 
that other people are confirming after that person wrote it is dead. You know, and so it's like people who sitting back and be like, well, you know, it's just, we have people write stories today and stuff. It's just a story. It's not. This was written by, was it, I think it's like 60, over 60 people, I think, total authors in the, yeah. in the Bible. And it, it's just. Um, well, here's the other thing, crazy thing. Tell me, I think this is what I was about to say. Looking backward, right? Like Christ fulfilled more than 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. And it's not like you could, people went back and rewrote those. We have, we can pull stuff from the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff that are written yeah. before the hundreds and thousands, maybe a thousand years. Don't quote me on this. Hundreds of years before Christ and they exist. And the persons of Jesus fulfilled more than 300 prophecies of the Old Testament. So it wasn't like he did these things and then they wrote it bent backwards. Let's make sure this works. Mm-hmm. It was in fact, statistically impossible for it to happen. Yeah. Which then, I mean, yeah, so you, you want to have your master class on, on, on saying this is, this is all fake. There's so many things you can, can explain that happened linearly forward that weren't revised backward that it, it just is, it, it, it's miraculous. And, and, and the fact that it is, it, it, just, it just, to me, it is more credence. And one other thing Nate was saying I want, I want to point out, like, is that I think what we're doing is just trying to have conversations, right? Like, and, and and I think it's important in all these conversations, whether it be a paranormal experience or rationalizing or trying to understand these things, looking for better answers, is to you know spit out the bones. Like th- there's there's a lot of truth in a lot of things, and we're not saying that everything that, that, that on our show, Nate, is all gospel or truth. Yeah. It's not. We're not. We're not create. We're not. We're not saying all of this is gospel. We're just saying we're looking for better answers, looking for people that have better answers, put in time for better answers, and we encur- It's the free market of thought. We encourage people to listen to take the meat and spit out the bones. Like yeah. there is, there is truth in a lot of this. And the reason that we ask these questions, there aren't answers for them, right? Yeah. We don't have the answers this side of heaven as of yet. Or you bring on a theologian talking about something like a reptilian because they've had personal experiences like dealing with SRA survivors and they've told them anecdotal stories and then they'll go on a rant about some theology stuff. You, you know, you can't, it's just a podcast episode. You can't you can't bring on someone who has perfect theology and also wants to talk about reptilians. Yeah, it's just not going to fit in that box. And so a lot of people it just it they take it as they do take it as gospel. They do get upset about it, and it's like, dude, we're talking about reptilians now. Like, I'm not sure if like this whole system of this other things that people are saying. But what are we going to do? Not talk about? Not cut it all out? I mean, it's just a it's like a we're having a conversation. So. You know, we're talking about the blurry creatures in our world. That comes with a lot of, lot of baggage. But like you like said, yeah. as simple as a UFO. Like until it lands on your your lawn and the guy, and the driver comes out and tells you exactly what's going on, you get to walk inside and push all the buttons. Like the best you can do is, is go on. You know, for that for that analogy, the best you can do is is go on what people, best experiences and and the and the best you know, uh, people that have studied it, the 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 best scholars. And hope to pull the threads of truth through that and better understand it. Because, yeah, because it serves no one to not talk about it. In fact, it serves nothing to put your head in the sand. Or and, just slap or, demons on it. That's yeah. what people love to do. Yeah. It's yeah, demons. It's, it's all, demons. It's like, well, if you've done this, a podcast like this for long enough, you realize it's not just that easy. Yeah. This stuff's showing up. There's actually specific character traits in the Old Testament to what a demon is versus what these things are. Mm-hmm. That's why Heiser is so important. Like Heiser is so important with all this stuff because he's really shown a light on all that, especially his teaching on Psalm 82. That changed the game. That changed the game because uh, no longer 
anybody who sits sits and listens to Heiser's full teaching on Psalm 82, I'm sorry, you can't walk away from there saying the guy's crazy. Like he's not, and and he's because it's it's just it's just literally sitting there waiting to be read. Yeah, and <clears throat> and so like anybody who's I'm assuming you guys, but like I know you guys know, but like anybody <laughs> listening, uh, Psalm 82, the first two verses point to a very uh, radical changing of viewpoint from the traditional Christian theology, which is it says God in the Hebrew it says Elohim held judgment amongst the Elohim. And it's it continues, so it's like so so God held judgment amongst the, the other gods, um, but then it goes into say, him actually saying like, how long are you gonna uh, uh, rule unjustly? Essentially, like these 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 characters had roles, and yeah. they weren't doing their jobs. That so it also says you're gonna you will die like men, right? Which is it, you really can't justify that being like we're just talking about kings. Well, well if you're a right. man, what do you mean you die like a man? That's, right. That's how yeah. we all die, guys. I mean. So you, you you look at that and you're like, okay, so it can't just be demons for everything because here is it's one of the Ten Commandments, you know, have no other gods before me. I mean, it's, right? You would give more power to the gods if by saying that commandment, if if they weren't real, if they didn't exist. And, yeah. and, and the oh, and listen, like that? our mm-hmm. message now in in this day and age, vast vast majority is that like, oh, you know, you, we make gods out of all kinds of things. True, mm. true. But that's not what they're talking about. Yeah. No, no, that 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 isn't. It's the same thing with like idolatry. You got to well, you got to slay your giants. You know, giants is just metaphorical for that thing that 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 is in front of you. That's that's an obstacle, and it's like sure, but that's not what they're talking about. But every all language and metaphors come from like real things, real stuff. You know, we don't call it the Atlantic Ocean, Atlantis. There's there's a connection there, right? Like, mm. think about it. Like everything, every word has an origin to like what really went down. Should have really- said that on Ali's show. She would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Though, like that's probably where it was, and yeah. it sank in the ocean. And then years later, we call it the Atlantic Ocean. But like they knew, they knew. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the origin of those two things, but I think that language is often, yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's just safer too to. to- to make it metaphorical, right? Because then there's nothing that goes bump in the night. There, there are these. You don't have to confront the idea that there are entities that were when Deuteronomy 32, when the nations were divided and Yahweh took Israel unto Himself, that there were entities that were put in charge of nation states, and they guess what? They they didn't go away, right? Yeah. And then if you look into the, like, even like if you're just understanding like the word demon and, and find out where it exists in the Old Testament, it really doesn't exist very much in the Old Testament. Like there's the, you know, the Enochian. The bastard spirits. Right. But the Enochian account of, of, of what happened there, which is an expose and, and an expanding of, of the Genesis 6 narrative. And you have, you have the idea that there are the, you know, the disembodied spirits of the giants. That makes a lot of sense. Right. But there's a lot of other things out there. That, there's a lot of flora and fauna that aren't that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's. I think oftentimes we want to settle for the most innocuous, easiest answer that doesn't threaten our worldview and doesn't and makes it, you know, and, and makes us feel somewhat safe. And we're at a world at war. We're, we are in the middle of a world at war, and it's been at war for a very long time before we were here. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, it's just a disservice, I think, to our faith, to to this, to the magnitude and the majesty of the God we serve as well. To to just be like, it's very we can we can put it all in this little box, and it feels safe. It, mm. Sorry. And I think, and I think, someone who's seen like Bigfoot, not to get too cheesy, but they believe the story of the Red Sea because they've seen something that doesn't fit, 
yeah. so they can believe when they read something that doesn't fit. Mm. Because they've seen something that doesn't make sense. So when you read something that doesn't make sense, like, well, I can, I can put that into my worldview. So I think the paranormal, it's a gift, right? It's a gift. It helps you see the world for what it really is. So anyone who's had some sort of terrible experience, yeah, it sucks in the moment, but ultimately it's a great thing for you because then you can, you can see the world in color and you couldn't before. It's like Wizard of Oz, man, into Technicolor. Mm. Mm. Deep. No, we need to go too deep into that because Wizard of Oz is weird. <laughs> yeah, you want to go down yeah. a rabbit hole there. That's a the, a lot of those were a lot of those movies were weird, and they yeah. they, they were saying things without saying things. Hundred percent, they were. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Um, but you, that's that that's that's the gist of what we were trying to do on our show. Kind of marry those two things. You know, mm-hmm. I I kind of felt that. At a, I remember years before I had a like sitting around a fire pit and had an idea of like, there's something about there's something about believing in the paranormal stuff that's also a big part of our faith. You know, it's faith. It's not certainty. It's not, it's not 100% black and white. It's faith. So you take these anecdotal stories and you build a case and then you believe it. I mean, you've heard thousands of, of accounts and you've been able to build something in your mind that you can't put out in the world in one episode. People come on our show and they're like, these guys are nuts. It's like, well, we built this yeah. over three or four years. And now we're describing it. We can't take you through it. We can't take every single new listener through. You know, you talk about Sasquatch on episode 1000 versus episode one. It's going to be different. It's going to be way different. Way different. You know, and you can't take the listener through those years and those moments. It's just, you're there now. And I think the ancient people had years and years of understanding the gods, the relationships, spirits, unclean spirits versus regular spirits. And they wrote about it. With this whole world, it's like you writing about Sasquatch today versus then. That that's the way that the Bible was written. Yeah. They understood this world. So, and, like I, I piggybacking off that, um, like my my mindset on these things have changed so much over yeah. the time, and it's it's still changing. Uh, and I I came across some information last night that blew my mind, and I I'm just still changing. So. The the idea of when I when I first started this podcast six years ago in a few days, um, like Congrats. I was thanks I I was just starting going down this road of this thing being a hairy creature running around the woods is just some kind of primate that we can't keep up with is really like I have to do mental jumping jacks and gymnastics to make that make sense now like I just couldn't and I was like. It doesn't make sense. So either, the, and I got to the point where I was like, this thing may not exist. Cause I was like, this is just getting too hard for me to, to make sense of it. Oh, it's just a normal creature just running around and we just can't catch it. And there's all these different variables. I got to the point where I was like, this is making me sad, but this thing might not exist. And then I think it was probably about six months before I started the podcast. I started stumbling into this Nephilim stuff and I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. And then that took me down this, this new birth of maybe these are remnant of something that happened a long time ago. And, and then since, since then though, I mean, I'm like, I'm now I'm like, yeah, they come through portals. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, what do yeah. we have for lunch? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, Skinwalker Ranch, they saw him. They came right through the yeah. portal. It is what yeah. it is, yeah. man. Like, and it just gets weirder and weirder, but that's kind of like going back to what we were saying earlier and stuff. I mean, like uh, we live in this like pre-designed reality 
And when you start looking at information outside that thing that everybody says is okay, then that's approved and stuff. It gets weird. Yeah, yeah. It gets real weird. And then you also realize that there's the pushback that that gets to because there, people aren't. There are a lot of people that aren't happy that that we do this, that you do this. Yeah, no. It and it, there's a uh, listen. We're we're on a journey. Like we talk about our podcast being a journey podcast, and you were talking about this journey of, of understanding. And I think that's we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be asking questions. We're supposed to be challenging our beliefs. We're supposed to be growing in in, in understanding and. It's perfectly okay to be wrong, and to have been wrong, and to change the way you think. That's 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 how that's how, that's how we come to a better conclusion of, of the things that we believe. And you know, I think about it in terms of also this these conversations, and also in terms of like understanding God. Like my view of who God is has changed since I since I was a kid, and changed since I, in the last few years. Like for the better. Like for under like that we have, we serve an infinite like no depth, no height God that lives outside of, of the realms of time and space. And, and I think learning, learning that and understanding who who the person of God is, a God who's, who is fully just and fully loved. There's these things that are these paradoxes that are, that are are hard to understand, but it's okay to ask questions about it. And and I want to, you want to keep learning. I think this is the whole point of a lot of this is like, let's just keep learning and pushing. And, but the, people have a hard time with that because I think we like comfortable things that we can wrap our heads around, wrap our arms around and put in our, put in the palm of our hand or build a fence around our faith and say, everything that I, in my life fits inside of this. And it's sometimes it's a paranormal experience that breaks that like, okay, I saw this and we talk about what a Bigfoot or hey, have a paranormal experience. You see something that's outside this, this fence you've drawn around your, around your, your understanding in life. And, and then you have to make that fence bigger, but. Again, like I, th- I think, I know that our faith is big enough to contain all that and to provide the answers for that. At, le- at least good answers for that, right? Mm. It's there. I, I just think we have to, to peel back. Just, just, just peel back the things that unlearn the things that that we've learned as far as you know the way that we've been told to look at things and the way we've been told to understand things and from post enlightenment, academic, empirical, like. There are things that we see and, and people have experiences with and, and, and interact with that can't be quantified. And that's mm. a problem in the, in the paradigm that we live in. But it isn't, it can fit inside this fence. I, I, and it's not a, it's not a like, uh, it's not a popular way to, to be a human, right? Like if there, if there are most people go down the, the wide road, right? If you take it from the biblical perspective, most people are going to think the same, Right. And so God chooses people. It's like, you always wonder like, why does God choose certain people? What character traits do those people have when God chooses that person to use them, right? I think it's somebody who's going to question things. But, you know, the angel shows up to Mary and says, you have favor by God. I mean, think about that. You're going to birth the Messiah, right? What, what goes on in her head in that moment? Well, she has favor because God's going to do something through her. So she has to have a specific mindset to believe to understand and know something's going to happen. I don't know what, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. So many people, you know, Jesus says, you heard it said, but I say, right? You know everything, but I'm telling you something different than everything you know. And it was the religious people that had the hardest time with it because mm-hmm. their paradigms were breaking every, yeah. every second. So it's like God needs you to be usable, not perfect morally. He needs you to 
be able to do something. So you have to be able to obtain some information that's hard to digest, and then you have to be able to do something with it, and you have to be a part of his favor to, to, to carry out his plan. And it's a weird juxtaposition of, of things. It's like you have to have some human experience. You can't just be naive. You have to believe in things, but you can't believe in everything, you know? And it's a, it's a quirky set of, I guess, traits. And that's the story of the Bible is like humans are kind of stubborn in their own ways, but God uses them and he uses them their stories. And, and I think that all this paranormal stuff fits inside of that. So I think people who host podcasts like this, like we, we, we don't believe everything, but I think we believe more of the things that come on our show than less of the things that come on our show versus the people that just don't believe any of that stuff. They don't have a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because they just can't welcome it. And that's why you're not a podcaster, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just can't, they can't sort through it all and sit back and let it marinate and go, yeah. what sticks here? Right. What, what, are, like Luke said, spit out the bones. Like what's, but what's the, what's the meat of what's just said? And what kind of attitude do, do people in the Old Testament have? You know, what kind of attitude do the prophets have? And under these, these people that God uses, what kind of mentality do they have? And I think that, when someone comes to you and says, I had this paranormal experience, you can just be a total skeptic and be like, ah, this stuff happens. And a lot of Christians are super skeptics. They mm-hmm. don't believe any of the weird stuff because it's all demons or, you know, you're yeah. being totally deceived. <clears throat> and these guys are, uh, you know, we're all deceived, right? We're all, you know, we're all pushing, you know, the agenda that's going to deceive everybody. But they know, they know the truth, but nobody else does. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this weird mentality. And I don't think that God can use those types of people because they know it all. They're know-it-alls. Mm-hmm. I appreciate a lot of the humility and things you've said. Early on when we were starting our podcast, you and I had a lot of phone calls and there was a lot of humility there. And I appreciate that about you. You know, like you got, this is the things that I wish I would have known when I started the podcast. And this is what you, I would focus on. Don't give up, keep going, you know? And I think that you know, when you're doing a podcast like this, you're, and you're actually helping people, you're going to be your own worst enemy. You're going to get down on yourself. You're going to tell yourself, oh, we suck. We don't, we're mm-hmm. not smart enough. We're not good enough. We shouldn't keep going. We shouldn't do this. And you see it happen to a lot of good people who are trying to speak the truth. They, they sink their own ship. Yeah. So I appreciate the, you know, just a lot of the conversations we have. And I, and I feel like you know, you, you're interested in the truth getting out there. And I felt that early on. And I think that's what we are interested in too. Mm-hmm. It's cool to make money and you have to provide it, put food on the table for our families. But, you know, that's not the driving force here, not to, to make a ton of money. It's just a, it's to get the truth out and provide a place for people to think about this stuff. And it's a weird type of thinking. It's like, can't believe it all. Can't believe none of it. You got you to right. be in the middle. No, I was going to say, I think it's in, in some ways it's important to also be skeptical, but I think you have to have a sieve. You have to have a filter. And for us, we chose the, the biblical, the Bible to be our filter, right? Because those, are, that is the truth. And so I, I think, sure, you can't believe everything, but I think you need to filter it through the right filter. And so I think it's important that contextually to, to be open to a lot of things because I, because I think maybe we have the wrong idea about scripture a lot of times, right? It, mm-hmm. It's, it's a non-super, it's, it's, it's divorced from the supernatural. So I, I just want to echo you. Yeah. I, you have to have an open mind. I think it's also healthy to be skeptical, but I, I think it's important to understand how you filter it and how you sieve it, how, what, what, you, what you pass that through. And again, it's the, it's the, 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 not the bones, it's, it's, the, it's the meat, but a lot of I think we do, I, yeah, humility, but I also think we would do ourselves and our listeners, you would do yourselves a massive disservice 
to not consider and, and think about and ponder the things of the paranormal and supernatural and, 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 and find how that fits into your worldview. And, and there's got to make a space for it because it's, um, it was important enough to the ancients to write it down, you know, and, and it was part of their worldview and the, the, the heroes of the faith. And it's funny in the way you talked about Nate, cause they, they were just like dudes and, 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 and women that were, you know, very much imperfect and had all kinds of problems and God decided to use it. And I don't know why a, a perfect and infinite God decided to, to use imperfect people, but that was his plan. And it's still his plan, which is encouraging to all of us. Cause like, you know, there's that old, like, what is it? Hobby Lobby. Like he, uh, he they didn't does, give he, up, he, you know, he didn't give up, but it's the whole Hobby Lobby thing. Like you see on the signs, like, you know, it's the, it's the live, laugh, love thing, but it's also the, um, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Yeah. Which yeah. is like super cheesy. It's true. But it's very true, yeah. right? It's like, you got to meet to where you are. Mm. And as long as you're, as you're willing, for whatever reason, he chooses to use people it, that are willing. And people that are willing to believe crazy things. Like they can pull this off. I can get these people out of Pharaoh's hand, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm crazy enough to think I can do that. And then he's up to the Red Sea, right? But he's a, he's a crazy guy at that moment to everybody else. And then all of a sudden, boom. Well, he doubts himself the entire time. Dude, you got to read yeah. Exodus. We're going, my Bible yeah, but he won't give Exodus up. Right now. But he, and Jordan Peterson's going through Exodus right now. I haven't listened to it, but it's, um, I'd like to yeah. see what, he, what, what, their, what their take on all that is. I, but it's... You'll understand about mm, 65% if you're lucky. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I believe it. Because he, so, like, he takes you down these, 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 these roads of just, you got to keep up. You got to keep up. And he just, and I, and I get lost in just watching him. I'm just like, how are you doing this just by talking? Like, like, like the way he spits out the information, I'm like, I would need like notebooks. Well, it's, like, it's like reading Unseen Realm. Like you get, how many right. times you have to reread it and be like, I don't know what I just read. I got to digest this. Like, and I got to read it again. Yeah. It's a, like I, I bought Unseen Realm on audio years ago. Mm. worst thing I ever did because <laughs> like I'm driving a truck and he says things and I'm like wait what I'm trying to flip back well, and I'm like that's actually a great job to, to do to learn a lot so how often did you space out and you were like I just went through <sighs> so much. you know like eight chapters I don't know what I, just I have no through. idea yeah. and so like, yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm skipping back 40 minutes like yep that's the last thing I remember hearing <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I do that I listen to podcasts where I'm just yeah. like I mow my lawn and this yeah. when it's the weather's nice enough and I'm just like that was 20 minutes. I have no idea. I just can't just, recall what happened. Time, have a time slippage? Dude, <laughs> yeah. What happened there, right? That was like, all the time. That yeah. was like all of school. That was like high school. Yeah. It was four years of that. Like, what just happened? Yeah. I I didn't I, learn anything. I, Finals? But, yeah. We're here already? <laughs> yeah. I barely made it out of school myself. <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, we were talking, this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but uh, with the Graham Hancock stuff coming out and uh, Randall Carlson talking about uh, the release of this ancient technology. Uh, do you guys? And I, I, I do. Uh, do you, do you guys um, look at what they're talking about and think, huh? What they're doing is might they might be rediscovering what caused the conflict at the Tower of Babel. Like I wonder sometimes if at the Tower of Babel, like, cause they're like, you know, we're going to build a tower to the heavens. How are they doing that? Like they weren't idiots. You know, like people think that back then that ancient humans were just stupider than they are. No, no, they, they, they had, I, I don't, I don't believe they yeah. thought they were going to build a physical structure that reached to heaven. 
but I think that there might have been some kind of technology involved. And God was like, mm, nope, not happening. Confuse yeah. the languages. Go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think they're discovering like a lot of the guys we talked to on our show, you know, the antediluvian cultures. So they're discovering these, you know, dynasties all over the world with similar, they built similar things and they had a knowledge and they're all connected somehow. So I think a lot of those guys, they filter it, right? Their filter is different than ours. They can see the evidence, but they just have a different yeah. conclusion. But the- Like Graham is so close, but so you, you just can't, you can't, you can't get to the, you just can't get that last hurdle. It, it seems it, like he has disdain for Christians too, the way he talks sometimes. Well, like, I've, <laughs> I've, I've heard that he thinks that, you know, he sort of interprets Yahweh as the enemy. So he, he's, he's got the reverse. Oh, so he's Satanist. Well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Sumerian Babylonian. Technically, where the, where yes. The, where the serpent god is, is the top, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really the same. Really? Nothing's new under the sun. I mean, that, that's literally, I mean, I'm just making that as an analogy. It's like, if you've created God as the enemy, this is the Tower of Babel, like you're saying, it, it, they, were, they wanted to war. They're at enmity with God. They wanted to war with God. Nimrod wanted to war with God. The idea of the Tower of Babel was to war with God. And so then you go into, you can get down a rabbit hole here with like ziggurats and what is a ziggurat? Was it actually like a stargate? Like the idea that they, they had this access, it was meant to be an access point to heaven where they, you can read some extra biblical apocrypha stuff about that expounds up to that. And then the validity of what that, what that I think is in question, but the idea isn't, is that there was, they were going to be at war with God and they were building this structure for whatever purpose and technology we don't know. Because I think it's, it comes from the same thing as Nate was saying, Andaluvian, interdiluvian stuff where we don't know what the purpose of the pyramids was. I, I can probably tell you 100% for sure it wasn't to be a tomb, right? It doesn't make any sense. So they were building something with some sort of technology, whatever that ancient technology was, that they, they believed was given the ability to war with God. And God called a halt to it. Said, nah, we're not doing that. You know, and, and you spread you out. And then to, to Nate's point, and then all these people that spread out across the, across the globe end up building the same kind of structures, doing the same kind of things, you know, worlds apart. Now that makes a lot of sense from the biblical narrative because yeah. they were all one point speaking the same legs in the same place. Yeah. But, um, or they're all their, all their, you know, technology came from the same place. That as well. Yep. You know, and I think that if you think about it from that perspective of like human beings, who is, who is our creator, right? We, we are, whether we rebel against God or we don't, whether we choose to, to believe in him or not, we still have one creator. Mm. They, maybe their creator, right? The giants, where they were loyal to the dragon, the snake, the serpent. That's the all, and imagery and all their thing. That's like their father in their minds. So they're building these effigies to their, who they think their creator is. So it is this war of, of bloodlines, war of DNAs. I just think, you know, we think that the difference between us and, and the Graham Hancocks is that they, you know, there is one God outside of time. All the other beings are created beings. So, you know, their parents of these, these, these gods, these, these civilizations, like they had, they were loyal to their God, but they, they weren't the supreme being. They probably got some benefits from, obviously they did. They were getting something to the point where they would sacrifice their children to it. You don't do that unless you're getting something in return. I don't care who you are. Every parent out there knows that. Mm -hmm. Don't willingly give up your babies unless you're getting something. And that's something that just modern day humans don't realize. We do it today. We do it under the guise of rights, human rights. But it is the ups. You know, I've read a lot of things. That it's just, it's the inverted, right? Modern day sacrifice. 
it's just repackaged as a human right issue. Mm. You're doing the same exact thing to the same exact entities. We've been doing it since day one. So and you, and you can look at, at what's happening now. You really want to like rabbit hole things on transhumanism and, and, and what is the trajectory and, and what is really happening is the, again, the, the powers that be are, are building an army to war with God. Yeah. And it's the Joel two army and, and it's, we are seeing the stepping stones of that. So nothing's new under the sun. It just, it's just packaged a little different. It's marketed to us a little differently than it was there before. And then you want yeah. to really talk about crazy stuff like technology and you can look at all the, like the tomb of Gilgamesh and the, and these tombs of the, what would have been Rephaim or Nephilim, or Nephilim, these, you know, Gilgamesh being Nimrod and the fact that there are nation states now that are after these tombs and you it's pretty easy to jump to say they're looking for some of that ancient technology, ancient power, ancient DNA, whatever it, whatever yeah. it is, in order to, once again, you know, raise raise at least the spirit in the spirit of Nimrod to war against a war against God and a war against Yahweh. Yeah. Do you think that we're in a transitional period right now in our human existence where um, I th- that the, the secular world? When I say secular, I mean just people who don't look into any of this stuff. Not faith-wise, so it's probably secular is the wrong word, uh, but do you think that people are going to have, in our lifetime or soon, going to start having some real awakening moments like, oh, this I thought was just for the movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're on the dawn of it. I think one thing I've learned on our show more than anything is that there is there is this deception that there's just one, right? Everyone's trying to figure out God, but reality, it's two bloodlines it's two religions. It's the it's the regular cross. It's the inverted cross. You know, it's the battle of two, and it's not just. It's, they, a, it's the seed of the woman and it's and and the serpent. But they look they look similar, right? That's the thing. We always were taught, oh, that you'll notice the devil. He's gonna be a you know pitch pitchfork and the horns. It's gonna be obvious to you. No, no, no. Like the the transhumanism the religion is coming. It's gonna be massively mm-hmm. accepted because it's gonna be the moral thing it's a battle of two moralities you can tell anyone right now i mean we've seen this in the last two years you can say the moral thing to do is put a mask on your child and the other side will say that is immoral put a mask on your child put that fear in your kid and force him to parade around both sides think they're doing the moral thing right yeah i was on the other side i was not going to do that right because i didn't want to put fear in my kid's head half my friends in california would tell me you are an immoral horrible father Right? It's, it's the battle of two moralities. That's just a small analogy of what I think is coming. Is that it's going to be a moral code. It's going to be a system. And if you don't accept it, you're out. It's not going to look like Satanism as we've been marketed it. Mm. It's going to look like Christianity. Exactly like Christianity. Well, it's also going to look like, the, like it's going to, it's back to the garden. It's going to look like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's, it's a good thing. Eat this and you can be like the gods. Yeah, it's going to be like marketed as up, a good You thing. want to upgrade yourself, upgrade to human 2.0? Mm-hmm. Just do this and you can be like the gods. So it's the same thing in the garden. I have this thing where um, I think, and I say I think loosely, but I'm serious at the same time. Uh, Elon Musk is using Twitter to map the human brain and how it communicates and reacts to certain things. And he's going to use that for Neuralink to ascend humanity into transhumanism. Yeah, you'll be used. I think if you don't, Humans are very like pliable tools for both sides, right? Something 
that's interesting about that. He's going to be used in some way because he's not loyal to God. He is, he, he is made in God's image, but he's not loyal to God. So he can, he's freely be able to be used. So yeah, he's, he's probably going to be a big part of transhumanism. I mean, he said it. I mean, he, he thinks AI is going to take over the whole world and he, there's no stopping it. So he might as well be part of it. Yeah. Like, like he, like he, he, he is a transhumanist. Well, he says it's, I mean, but the, the weird thing about Elon is in, in, in another breath, he'll say it's going to kill us at the same time. Well, yeah, he, he's accepted his fate. So he's, he's a capitalist. He's going to make money off of it. That's, that's how I view Elon Musk. I think he's like, this is going to ruin humanity, but there's nothing we can do to stop it. So we're going to make money in the process. I think that's what's going on. Oh. I, I, like, I, I, listen, um, Oh shoot! I forget the I tweeted it out. I, I get it reminds of, me that like Klaus Schwab said some stuff about that recently. Um, he said we've we've we're bigger than God now. Like we can create weather now. We can do all these things now. We're we're getting into an age of defiance, right? We're moving from to answer your question fully. We're moving from a state of like apathy and unbelief to I think a state of full on rebellion. We're getting angry and we think we're better than God now. Mm. And so we're going to have the same spirit of the Tower of Babel in the modern day with iPhones and implants versus pyramids and portals. You know, it's going to be electronics, not acoustics and frequencies. Vibrations. They knew that. They, they knew that technology. We know electronics that's that's our technology. Hmm. So same thing, same idea. We can transcend God. We can be better than God. It's a rebellion, right? But ultimately, the end of it all is you're gonna have to be loyal to somebody. You're not an independent, free human just having no loyalty. You're gonna have to pick a side. Well, I mean, the sad thing too is that we saw in the last in the last few years, especially, is that there's a study and I'm, I can't remember someone will butcher me on this, but there's a study that came out that said that 80% of the population will, will follow the, follow the dic- dictations or, or, or the, the commands of authority, even if it's immoral because it's authority. And so this is humanity. They did this whole social study, which just shows that like we, <laughs> if you didn't wake up in the last few years, uh, and, and look around and say, what are people doing, and why are people following? Why are people getting in line? You know, this happened in in you know in the forties as well. We that people will will obey authority even when they know it to be immoral because it's authority. This is what is getting set up, and people will fall in line and do what they're told, and it will be to the detriment of their of their destiny. And yeah. It, and it's nothing new under the sun. This was always always impressed upon me. Is that there? It just isn't. This is all stuff that's been done before and tried before, and is all leading up to a crescendo, which will be the final, you know, battle. Will be the final war and with God. Which is something I do like about Elon is that he doesn't he doesn't listen. He does what he he does what he wants to do. Yeah, I have respect for him for that because he'll he'll flat out say things that don't go with any narrative. Mm-hmm. So he's a free thinker and he's at least got that going. Sure. It's just funny though, because people will tell you that then they're being, you're being psyoped and it's like, you, like how many, how many double blind? This is what I, you never know. But you he just definitely says stuff that goes against the system. I mean, Twitter files and all this stuff. I, I think, out. I think Elon's out for himself. Well, sure. That's the bottom line the way I view him. I think that he is an independent thinker and he takes care of himself. 
And uh, so sometimes so he's going to get it right. Sometimes he's going to get it wrong a lot. I think sometimes it's going to look good for people who are like freedom loving, free speech type people. Sure, sure. And then other times they're going to be like, "What are you doing?" It's because yeah, sure, Elon's yeah. his own person, yeah. and he doesn't go with anybody. He just does what he wants to do in the moment. He's the richest guy in the world. So sometimes you're going to like him. Sometimes you're going to hate him. It's it like, is what it is. It's like To, right? I love me some me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Did, did he get signed by the Cowboys? I wasn't sure. At, at, was he almost fifty? <laughs> yeah, he's forty nine. Sign that guy. Jeez, and man. I think that's 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 a, that's something about the way humans are made. Mm. Something we've been talking about on this podcast is that you're made in the image of God, right? So you have this desire to be free, be creative, put things in the world. But it's like, what's the driving force behind all of that? What? Why were you made the way you were made, and to, to want to do all these things? And that's a big part of like what we see is that most people are going to deny that. And they're going to get in line and they're just going to, you know, they're going to be just more interested in football than anything else. You know, that's one thing that's going to drive their life, you know, and you get outside of these lanes and you want to talk about some real deep things. You know, it's just, it's not the human way, but I think that I'm just learning more and more that, you know, kind of what is required to see the truth. It's a lot of experience. It's a lot of questions. It's not a, it's not a, it's a very, you know, you have to have a perspective that's a healthy one. But most people, the way they come at paranormal topics is also the way they, 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 uh, they do everything else in their life. They just get in line. And so when you do podcasts like this, you know, you can't help but be the person who learns the most. I mean, the confessional is mostly about your journey. And what the what God is doing in your life, and where you're at, and what you've been going through, you're influencing people along the way. But it's changed your life, and I think Blurry Creatures has changed our life. Like, there's no going back now. Like, more than half of what we've heard is probably true, and you can't go back to not knowing that. So, yeah. take the red pill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically just summarize the Matrix. <laughs> I, I, I uh, sometimes during the last few years. In the excuse me, in the height of everything uh, that was going on globally, I just thought about just eating some good old fake steak and just forgetting it all existed. <laughs> like I yeah. just was like fake take fake steak tastes the best, and I because I, I just like I want to unknow what I know, and and I but you know what, it, I I grew a lot of patience too, uh, I because of the. I saw, I, I observed the interactions of human beings with one another on the outside. And then I was just like, yeah, I, you have to have patience for people. Um, and I'm not the best at that. I'm like, I'm like one of the worst. <laughs> and uh, if you, people well, who, used to drive for a living, so we can't hold it against you. Right? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> faces are short. Pe- people who tune into my Instagram lives, they know that because <laughs> they see it, they see a totally different side of me yeah. on Instagram live yeah. because it's in the moment and people say things in the comments that I snap at and they're like, Whoa, dude. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You didn't expect that. Did you block? <laughs> but, um, I, I did, I grew, I did grow a lot of patience because like, um, there was uh there were people that would come to me uh, like like members would come to me and say hey in uh your discord people are saying this about you know masks or vaccines and i'm like ignoring that even that that person even said anything to me 
and then they get mad and they cancel because I'm not cleaning up my server. I'm like, according to who, right? right. Like, yeah. and, and so I, I just, during those moments, I just, I just started learning that, you know, people have different perspectives on life and you just got to be patient with them and just, and let them just kind of find their way through it. Like I did. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was totally different six years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, um, I don't know. I don't know where I got on that, but mm. anyway, so I like did, it. did the truth set you free? First, it pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Big time. I got real mad. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can't help but frustrate you and change your, your perspective. But I just think ultimately, you know, a podcast is, is, a, is a person or a group of people just trying to figure it out. And the more honest and raw you are and the more personal it is, the better it's going gonna, it's gonna to translate in the world. And people get mad at you personally, like, like you're the leader of this, this, That's little, where this little cult. And we're not a leader of a cult. We don't want a cult. We've had people try to do things like that. And we're like, we don't, we shut it down. Like, no, it's just a podcast. We don't need any help. We don't need a whole bandwagon. We don't need people. It's not like Forrest Gump running through the woods and we got a whole trail of people behind us. We don't want that. Yeah. It's just two dudes. We're trying to be good friends, do this the right way, ask good questions. We don't want to be rock stars or famous because of it. And I think that people get mad at you. And they, they think it's you, you're doing something, you're not doing something. It's like, no, we're just putting questions out in the world that the world didn't have in this space. They, the world needed this story. Did you bring this story to the world? You didn't. You know, there's people who have come on our show said that they've been getting abducted by aliens and they've never even told their kids. So it's like, why do they feel comfortable to tell us and our audience first versus their own children? Yeah. Well, we've created a space for them to do that a non-judgmental space for them to do that. So the world needed that. Some people go, oh, that's just crazy. It's not biblical. It doesn't fit in. What's well, happening? Because it's not just her. It's hundreds of people. Yeah, they just made a whole film about it. Yeah, it's hundreds of people. You know, you know that. You've been doing this longer than we have. It's, it's who's been ta- who's, who are they going to talk to? Yeah. Think they're going to go to their pastor and say, hey, I've been getting abducted? I thought about starting a church just so I could be a pastor that somebody <laughs> could talk to for that stuff. Honestly, I, some I, pastors. I do. thought. I, I thought because I mean, I, there's there's still part of me that kind of. You are a pastor. It's just you don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't, you don't have people sit down every week and. I thought about starting a home church. I think that's the best way to do church. I think home churches are the best because, uh, you're just meeting in my living room. There is no overhead. You don't need to pay me. Yeah. Any tithing goes into a fund to help Sister Susie when she goes to the hospital and has big bills to pay. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I have thought about it several times in the last 10 years. Um, but I just don't have, I don't think I'd have the consistent willpower to do it. Like it takes a lot. It takes a lot to do that stuff. Um, and, and I also with, deal with a lot of the weirdos there like you do in this, in this well, space. It's like, I, I don't want, I don't want to deal with, I'm just, I don't feel like I'm past material. I get grumpy with people too much. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm like, listen, well, last call, Tuesday, you're calling Tony. Yeah. Last yeah. Sunday we were good, but this Sunday I'm in a bad mood. So church, we're just going to skip church this week. Well, Go I, think, home. <laughs> I think there, I think there's something like it's when you get into the paranormal space and I'm not going to try to equate these two, but it's like, you know, it's like you get shell shocked a little bit, right? You get kind of like, you see things you shouldn't see. And you hear things you shouldn't hear and it changes you for the, for the good and the bad. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a war going on 
And, you know, I think about how I'm never going to be the same. I know I'm looked as crazy by a lot of my friends growing up, especially my old musician friends. I know that there's text threads going on behind my back. Like, have you ever been this podcast? It's crazy. I know that's happening. I know it. But you know what? I don't care because it's like, from my perspective, it's, you know, it's, it's more important to figure out what the heck's going on than it is and the truth than it is what those people think about me and care about me. And I think that's, that's a trait and a quality you need to get something done in the world. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't have it. They care more about what everyone else thinks about them. And I think we grew up in this church culture and said, you know, don't do it like the world. You know, to be, be in the world, but not of the world. What's, what does it mean to be of the world? Because the world wants to be moral. We've never seen more moral panic ever. You know, do the right thing. You know, love, your, love people. And it's just all paraded this morality. I think being of the world is just doing what everyone else is doing. You care more about what everyone else thinks than you do your own pursuit to God and what God is asking you to do. And I think that the, to be of the world is to, to let your whole life be dictated by what other people think about you. Mm. And it's like, it's really hard not to, to live a life counter to that, to do what you're going to do. God's giving you a mission and you're going to fulfill it. And that's going to make you look crazy sometimes when people say things about you, but you're going to do it anyway. You're going to tell your kids, you know, I don't believe in evolution. I know all everyone in your system says that's what happened. That's not true. There were giants out there too. You know, you can tell your kids crazy stuff and they're, and everyone's going to like pull me aside at my birthday party saying, I don't know what you're telling your kids. I'm like, I'm telling the truth. I don't know what you're telling your kids. But it's like, I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to make you comfortable and happy. I think that a lot of Christians, especially in the church, we do things because we're 99% of people here will be okay if we do it this way. Yeah. But if we do it this way, everyone's going to freak out. Well, who cares? They're, right? They're only chasing safety. <laughs> but that's my rant. You know, it's like, it's getting out of that mindset of I'm doing things to please other people. That doesn't mean yeah. you're not going to get it right, wrong sometimes because you're going to get it wrong. We bring people on our show. They say things that I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that. But I'm not going to edit that out. No, they said it. Yeah. They said it. That's, 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 that's the biggest thing. Like I, 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 I used to prep people, but I think people are just understanding it now. I used to tell people, just so you know, when we hit record, if you say it, it's going on the show. Yeah. So make sure you're sure. Yeah. Before you say something, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, listen, this this is a conversational show, and we're gonna let it be raw. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's what we do on our show too. And we're hitting that Joe Rogan time time right now, dude. Well, actually, it we're on, we just started the third hour. It's not three hours. It's two hours and three minutes. <laughs> but no, yeah, we are hitting the Joe Rogan time, um, and uh, we'll start wrapping this piece up. Um, before we wrap it up, though, uh, we didn't even touch on something that I wanted to touch on in the beginning. So, pardon me, but BlurryCon, yeah, hey, you know, uh, BlurryCon, you guys are doing a conference uh, at the end of next month, the twenty fifth, and uh, it's in what Nashville? I'm assuming somewhere like that, yeah, Franklin, 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 Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. Um, to tell people about it and stuff. Is there any way that they can still participate? So there is a digital, you can, we, we hired a team to come in and live stream it. We, uh, we had a lot of members, you know, ask for that because there been members all over the place in Australia and New Zealand and stuff. So we knew they couldn't come. Um, so you can go to our website, blurrycreatures.com, get a ticket to that. 
hired like three or four guys to come in and film it. So that's not, that's not cheap on our end, but we're providing that option. We have, you know, a lot of people, we've probably resold 20 tickets or so to other members who wanted to come. Right now, it's just more of a, you know, we're trying to give our members first access to those tickets. So And they scooped them all up. Yeah. So, which is good. Tony, you're going to be there. Um, some of our, our more frequent guests, Nader, are also going to be, yeah. going to be there. It's going to be an 80s themed, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're just yeah. going to, it's going to be what Nate and I do. We want to have, we want to have fun. We want to keep it lighthearted. Uh, we're going to keep it 80s themed. Yeah. But Tony, you're going to be there. Um, Doug Van Dorn, Derek Olson of Megalithic Marvels has been on your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Laura Sanger, Tim Alberino. I think Tim, has Tim been on the show? No, we can get him on for you. Yeah, you said that before, and I'll do. It. <laughs> I'll do it. Now you can hit him up in person. No, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Tim, we're three hours east of here. Let's go to my yeah. studio now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Tim. Tim's a funny guy. He's, he's hard to lock down. But yeah, no. We, we, if hopefully some tickets might some tickets might hit the hit the website. But right now, it's a we honestly didn't think that. Yeah, we had, we had no. We don't know what we're doing per yeah. per usual. We're just like, hey, this sounds fun. Let's Same do it. Here. You know, and then, and yeah. then. And it's gonna it's it's gonna be a blast. We've got uh, we've got a bunch of fun stuff cooked up. There is a uh, there are no more tickets, but doing a VIP night the, the night before. Yeah, have just sort of real casual with with most of our guests and and a dinner. And I was joking beforehand. It feels like planning a wedding because it it really does feel like planning a wedding between catering and tables. And I can't imagine. just no one's getting married. All right, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun though. <laughs> so, um, it, and yeah, yeah, it, it's like we're it's like basically like blurry creatures live. We're gonna do it memes and. We're yeah. going to have some fun stuff, 80 stuff. We're going to be there. Be Bigfoot running around. Yeah. There might be some big, uh, Bigfoot and there might even, shirts. There might be a DeLorean there. Yeah. There might, might be. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're going all out. Yeah, we're going to try to have fun. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is just it give people some meat. Yeah. But package it with some fun. Yeah. And then, and then it's crazy how this thing is really, when I say a thing in Blurry Creatures as, as, is it, it really has become somewhat of a community it's just really cool and yeah. so it, it's i think it's going to be really fun for a lot of our members to hang out with other other folks that they know from online and from the from our members groups and um yeah you know I, we know more now i think maybe next time we'll we'll find a little bigger place so that we can offer it you know to the public but uh maybe do two nights too maybe do two nights i don't you know we've got it's funny when we announced this thing we have you know some of our our guests that you know are like hey i'll come and they were like we, we don't have even have time I mean, yeah. I, I, we've got, we're, we're full up. So, and yeah. we're going to be doing the opposite too. We're going to be doing this with you. We're going to be asking you a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're putting, yes, that's fine. Yeah, we're going to turn the tables. No, that's <laughs> fine. Like, like I told you guys, I said, just, you know, if I get too weird, just give me the, no. the, the woo, woo, and no. I'll be like, okay, we're going to have a panic button. I think when, yeah. we hit, when we hit the panic button, Bigfoot's going to come out and throw some shirts. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and I'll be like, perfect. So the Eagles, what's the score? <laughs> For you, maybe it'll be Dog Man that comes out though. Yeah, I will just slime you like Nickelodeon. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it that the Dog Man thing happened for me because like I was aware of Dog Man since I started the podcast, but my lord, recently I'm becoming this like Dog Man guy, and I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. It's it's cool, you know. But like I'm just like man. fifty k for a speaking engagement, man. Dog Man expert. That's what they. That's what they're paying them nowadays. Yeah, well, that's great. Like, that's <laughs> Do- great. Doctor, hey, Doctor uh, Merkel. If you would have hey, told me, speaking of eighties though, real quick, you can't do that on television. 
Remember, they slime the guests. Oh, that's right. Right? So if you can't do that on the podcast, we'll slime you. There's there's a real 80s connection. I think that was a Nickelodeon. <laughs> it, it was Nickelodeon. Yeah. Green slime. Yeah, yeah, yeah green slime. Yeah. Anyway, I, back. I, I, remember, I remember being a kid watching those shows and thinking, oh, I so want to go to that. I want to get slimed. I want to get slimed. It yeah, seems dude, so much was, fun. That was like the thing to do when we were growing up on TV. It's just get yeah. slimed. Double Dare got slimed. Can't yeah. do that on television. No. None of that. Maybe the, maybe there's a gong. Maybe we'll incorporate the gong show. There you go. If you get bad, we throw we, we gong. Yeah, 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 dude. No, I, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I've been coming across some information recently that's been popping my brain, and uh, I know people aren't ready. Save to hear it, it. Save it. Oh, save the juice. Yeah, yeah, save that it. juice. Bottle yeah. that up. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, we'd love to bring. We'd love to bring six years out of you in an hour, <laughs> hour and fifteen. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'll do whatever. Um, but yeah, so blurry con. I'm excited to go. Uh, I saw the, the 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 speakers you guys have coming. I was like, what the freak did they have me coming for? Oh come on! Like I was like I was like, holy crap! Like I I hope I'm I was like I hope I'm going first so that you know I don't have to follow anybody up. And then you're like, nope, that's not happening, sucker. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, dude! Like I, I need to be the first one up. You know, just so everybody just forgets about me, and then you know. Just oh man! Maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a dunk tank and just put you up on the on the seat. And <laughs> you know, if you start feeling like you want out, we'll just have somebody come come push the button. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a blast though. Yeah. I, I'm gonna be bringing my family out and stuff. So uh, it's it's actually gonna be my kids' first time coming to any kind of uh, event where Daddy is doing something like oh, this. Dude, you know, let's go. So right. yeah. it's interesting because like my son both the kids but like my son knows kind of like what i'm doing in a sense mm -hmm. and he has no perspective at all i mean mm. just yesterday we were driving in the truck and uh we drove by a tractor trailer and he said something and i said you remember when i used to drive those trucks and he's like you used to drive those and i was like bro that was like two but that <laughs> yeah. was the goal the goal was i didn't want my kids to ever remember me being a truck driver right. so they don't have the memories of me not being around you know right, right, right. uh but i was like holy crap i said do you remember riding in the truck with me because I, I put him on the truck and he's like oh yeah and i'm just like <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah i'm excited for for that. that i'm more excited about that than i think of even just doing anything else the fact that my kids are going to be there mm. especially benny because he's you know five and he he he's like now uh, like he was telling me a few months ago he's like bigfoot's not real i was like how dare you get out of my house <laughs> and now like yeah. He, he's now talking big you're like hey like me. son oh. I, I moved you close to the so that happens because it's going down that happened yeah. today yep. <laughs> the teacher told me that my son and one other kid have a project to write a write a story about bigfoot and maybe even try to turn it into a book because they want to they want to do a lesson on it so i'm like there is <laughs> there are upsides to the montessori school too they, they are open-minded but they're also there's this weird thing they're more open-minded than every school but it, and you know a traditional public school i guess and then you know, so it's really fun to have my kids at that age. I think they went through that stage of dad, Bigfoot's not out there. And now it's like, I'll just uh, wait, just wait for when it's like, now they're uh, teaching their other kids. Br bring it. your, bring your parents to school. My dad, my dad talks about Bigfoot all day. <laughs> so yeah. So I was like, well, if you ever want me to come into class, I'm I like, know I, I can teach some weird stuff. To you I was <laughs> thinking about that. I was like, cause Ben's in preschool now and I'm talking about dropping out of school and we're starting to do these school things. Yeah. And I'm like, am I ever going to like, do like because you see in the movies like bring your parent into the, right, the school right. day. My dad's a firefighter. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, 
What does your dad do? He, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who cares? You ever heard of Dog Man? Yeah, right. Like <laughs> that was always the most interesting kid in show and tell days, though. I, th- like, I think, I think I've already have a game plan. I'm gonna start out soft and see where the kids want to take it because I'm gonna be like, Daddy runs a media company. <laughs> Uh, and then the next question is, what do you do? What, 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 what do you do in the media company? Oh, okay. Let's, we were getting a little closer to the topics. <laughs> right. see how like, far. So I have a cryptic coloring book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. We're, we're actually, uh, this year probably coming out with a, a children's uh, bedtime storybook. Ooh. Uh, and, and I actually, I'll show you guys, I have a copy of it on the desk out there. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play that game and stuff, but you know, they're like if if they get me going on dog man, I'm gonna, those kids are gonna have nightmares. It makes you think about like uh, we're just coming off the holidays, right? Like the uh, the movie The Santa Claus, where he goes, "My dad's Santa Claus," and he's just like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa!" He means <laughs> I'm like Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, I make toys. <laughs> I just showed, and I'm jolly. We just watched that movie for the first time with Ben this past uh, Christmas, and he liked it. And I was glad because it's my favorite Christmas. Love, movie. Yeah, it's a good. Mm-hmm. One. Lindsay doesn't like that movie. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Tim yeah. Allen, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I know. We should watch that one. Yeah, that the beauty is your kids get to that age, and my kids are finally in that fun age of just they're not too cool yet. Yeah, dad's still their hero a little bit, but it's like it's what it's all that hard work is kind of paying off, and I think my kids might come to BlurryCon as well. So at least in the morning, so they might catch that before. Jay, lunch. Jack might make it. My my son's six months old. Yeah, got to get him out there. But you got to get him going early because the brainwashing starts so. Dude, yeah, yep. I, I, listen, man. If <laughs> if your kids are gonna brainwash, be brainwashed, you might as well be the one brainwashed, <laughs> right? You know exactly. So <laughs> and I and I yeah, I just want to say too, like to to listeners, like I really appreciate your show and I really appreciate your attitude, and I think that we're happy to promote you and we want to, you know, our listeners, whatever we've to be into your show and get to know you as well i think that's a big part of this this community is like people who work hard and you know doing their thing to me is always just like respectable and i like that you know people who are just trying to to figure it out you know and i think it's cool to share an audience you know i'm thankful for your listeners listening to us today and even people we've disagreed with a lot of people come to our show and i know we've talked about a little bit about off air before the show started but uh we try to just have an open mind on our show we don't shove the bible down your throat we just talk about it matter of factly but it's not like shoved at you it's just yeah we, we believe these stories are true so we're gonna we're not gonna take you through the process we got to there but we're gonna talk yeah. about this stuff from that perspective and i just appreciate you so i just thank you for your encouragement early on and i hope that blurry creatures listeners hop on to your show all the time and there's a lot of camaraderie. I mean, we got a lot of traffic. I just posted a photo of us. Tons of people were sharing it and loving it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of, I like that. You know, we're not all just trying to corner the market here. It's just, what is the weird stuff out there? You talk a lot about the weird blurry stuff on your podcast. We're more honed into specific creatures and a little bit more of Old Testament, but all welcome in the weird space. And yeah. Just thankful for your friendship. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, I learned from, uh, Sam Tripley and Wes Germer. I mean, those two guys don't, especially like, like Wes and I became friends before podcasting, but, um, Sam Tripley, I mean, he doesn't need to be nice to me. Like Sam Tripley has been in LA for over 20 years as a comedian. He is 
best friends are high ranking celebrities. Yeah. Like Rogan. Ranking. Ranking. Yeah. High ranking celebrities. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he does a podcast with, with, with Brian Callen and like, like he doesn't need to be, you know, texting Tony Merkel, the, the truck driving dope with a podcast, but he does. And, and it's like, it's because he cares. And, and I, I learned that from people who, you know, came before me and that's kind of like what I wanted to do. And I see the, the tension that some, uh, some, some people and, and shows have with other shows and stuff. And I just never wanted to be part of that. Mm. Uh, I, I never wanted, and that's why we don't do that stuff with my show. We, we just stay on topic. We talk to people and their experiences and that's it. Um, and I, on, on the back end of things, I try to be supportive and help a lot of people. Um, and you know, I, I always tell people, I, I don't tell them so much anymore. I think it's kind of a given, but when I first started becoming friendly with people, I think you guys kind of got me, caught me on the, the beginning wave of that. Uh, cause I used to keep real to myself. Like, I know I'm not talking to anybody cause it wasn't like a selfish thing. It was, uh, I don't want none of your smoke. I don't want none of your drama. I just want to make a, po a, a podcast. Like I'm not, I'm not here for the, that, the bull crap. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't talk to people. Um, but uh, in the beginning and stuff, I used to just tell people like, yeah, man, we're cool and stuff. Just don't cross me. And I was just like warn people because I'm like, and it's not like don't cross me or else something's going to happen. It's just, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Like, I, like it's not the, like, I'm not going to be like drama boy and stuff. I'm just going to stop talking to you. Mm -hmm. And so I used to, but now I just think people are, they, they get it with me. Like, I just like talking to people and chilling. It's just the Philly in you, bro. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I, like, um, <clears throat> The, the the Philly Tony comes back out of me sometimes, but I'm really trying to become Tennessee Tony, just uh, laid Tennessee back. Tennessee Tony. We like we like this new this new Tennessee Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Try star, hey, try star Tony. Try star. Hey, the, go. Like, we, we go a lot of ways. Most, but you can't shave your beard though. We can't. We can't. We <laughs> Let, let's that. move along. Okay, we don't Unless need to go we, mustache. Then we don't need to totally comment okay. about the beard again. Okay, <laughs> totally okay. If you want, no, if you want yeah. to grow a bullet too, you can do that. You know, you're, you're in the South now. You can, have, you can have a little hair in the back. Uh, I can't. That's the problem. I can't. I think in the back you probably can. I probably can in the back. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I, if I try growing my hair out, it'd be like this reef, you know. Dude, it's like Hulk Hogan, man. It's okay. Yeah. Just where you wear a bandana. No, I ain't doing that. <laughs> well, no. you know what? At the end of all this, though, the way the world's going, it's just going to be like Waterworld, like Luke always brings up on our I show. I love Waterworld. It's just going to be like two pod. It's going to be the smokers. It's going to be like all the paranormal podcasting guys that just didn't do any of the things that they they were told to do are still surviving, and we're just on these little <laughs> islands floating around. And we're like, dude. You know, it's going to be like Lord of the Flies. And here all comes Dogman and Bigfoot on the jet <laughs> yeah. ski. We got to take them out. <laughs> but it's like that, you know. We, I think I think we need each, I think we need each other more than ever, you know, because yeah. the way the way the way things are going, like we don't need any. We need everyone trying to bring awareness to everything. You yeah. know, I mean, we're like, feels like we're years out from them telling us who's flying the UFOs. Yeah, well, I, I can then, tell you who's flying the UFOs. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. you know, the rest of the world. <laughs> getting a narrative of who's yeah i mean i'm so tired of that the psyop that's going on with that listen the, the, these things i think i think for them all right let's put it this way the ones our government are talking about it's because they know where they came from they came from us i really think that they they have these highly sophisticated technology drones and they've been testing it on our own military for a very long time and I think that they have been pushed into a corner with people like Tom DeLong, and they had to start talking about it. So they're doing it in a very controlled manner. 
But yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that they are talking about, the government's talking about, and that they're showing this thing on the, on the screen and stuff, it's theirs. And I also think it's I also think it's their flag putting being put out to the rest of the world saying, "Look at what we have." Mm. I think that Russia, when they, Russia supposedly shot down the UFO, I think that they either shot down one of their their own, or yeah. I think they shot down an enemy aircraft, which is probably us. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. I don't want to say all UFOs. We're starting, we're starting a whole nother show right yeah, this now. This is nothing. Yeah, I know. Episode. I know. <laughs> and I, I just like I don't. I don't like like with cryptids. I don't think all UFOs come from the same origins and all sure. that stuff. But I, I think that this whole hoopla that the government's doing right now, I think a lot of. Well, it just is I mean, listen to it. They don't. They say nothing. It's nothing. it's a nothing burger. It's nothing. always it's like oh, we have this. We're doing this. You know, um, special counsel on UAPs, and they say nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it is just an. It's an acknowledgement. And nothing new, nothing else. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, which is interesting in and of itself. It, it's that it, they can't keep a lid on it. Like yeah. I said, we have t- 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have cell phones with, with cameras. Now you can, you can get stuff and you can't keep a lid on all of it. You don't own all the channels and all the media channels. So in, it's out there. You, and you're going to either stay in front of it yeah. or you're going to, or you're just going to keep denying it when, when people are seeing stuff. It, yeah. To me, it's a, well, I think it's just like we're on the we're on the dawn of the the true origins, the true human origin story. If I if I could say it, that's really what I want to say is like we're gonna get to the true or origin story of humans. the The narrative, right, is gonna completely change. Not what I think is the origin story of humans, but people are gonna go from this this ape evolving over billions of years to something completely different. And I think that's gonna be a, big a new part. it's a new religion, right? Yeah, but dude. Uh, was it apotheosis? Uh, well, that's a show, everybody. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the heck you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Apotheotheism. That's what it is. Apotheotheism. It's it's the essentially to be the the return of the the golden age. Okay. the The new world order is the new golden age. So we should be on board for it. No, no, not no, at all, bro. <laughs> hey, in, in this in this analogy, we are the smokers. We're mm, we're we're, we're yeah. staying outside yeah. the. Uh, on the jet skis, I'm fine so with the that. old world with our three D printed guns. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the, the old world order was the pre flood world, and it got obviously they didn't do it right, and they got it destroyed. The new world order is the new golden age. The new we can build utopia without God, mm. so to speak. So it's marketed as the new world order, but it's the yeah. new it's, it's a new golden age. It's a whole new show. It is. Like, next, next time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, confessionals. at BlurryCon, we're going to yeah. finish this conversation. Probably not, though, because we're going to be talking about portals and dogman. <laughs> Let's go. And yeah. hopefully my voice is cleared up. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. It's not, we'll just put an AI version of you on the screen. Yeah, so dude, there you, you go. be Morgan Freeman. You can be whoever you want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Dude, be, that'd be dude, great. Dude, just, <laughs> just velvety, velvety voice. Yeah. yeah. All right. So soon, man. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys yeah, We're grateful for you, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are. Yep. So, all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that uh, three hours or no, two hours and 23 minute conversation with the Blurry Creature guys. We hope you enjoyed it. You know where to find them. Blurry Creatures podcast everywhere. The website's what? Blurrycreatures.com? Yes, yeah. 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 That's it. So uh, check them out if you haven't already and uh, give them a subscribe and a five-star rating rev- review before you hit play. Always give them love before you hit play. <laughs> That's the way real human beings do it. That's right. All right, guys, until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
away from enemies from revenge be near To avenge my peers, I confess my sins right here When a pelican swim and a grey whites fly A boy Noah's Ark and enjoy thy ride But the Matrix don't care, we enjoy Cloud 9 6-3 Nicola, no order particular DeLorean dreams of the crack cell But we know the crack gon' sell So if it's a fair but don't work well I was a hand when Reagan was a cartel Push a bar, do I rap, do I sing, do I preach, I don't know Do I lack anything via love? No, I don't But we gotta be a warrior too Cause that's just what warriors do Like a cell, they wanna spin up at the center of the net. 